All right, we're back. Okay, for cool. all our listeners, um, we were just in a room with a horribly hissing radiator. Mm-hmm. So maybe that will be kept in. Maybe not. We'll see. If it's lost, yeah. Sorry. It's a sad. It's tragedy. Yeah. Um, graduation mm-hmm. is where we were. Mm-hmm. Um, and how I'm feeling about graduation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, yeah, like I said, good question. Um, I am ready for it, I think. Mm. Um, I was feeling really weird about it just for a little while um, because there's a lot of reasons. Like, I think it got, like, for a lot of people, I think they feel like their college experience was, like, cut off in a way because of COVID. And so they, like, lost time mm-hmm. that they could have, you know, had that was good. Um, but then I also know a lot of people that say that COVID kind of, like, saved their lives and, like, mental health. Yeah. So that is really interesting to me because I feel the same. I feel both. Like, I yeah. feel the same way where it's, like, it totally, like, helped me yeah like that period of just like a break was like essential for me and I don't know where I would be without it and like obviously COVID was like really terrible for a lot of people and I wouldn't like wish it upon anyone but for me kind of was a good like mental reset yeah and um so yeah I have like weird mixed feelings about graduation and like how yeah, maybe I did miss out on some things, but I don't know. I think it's, like, for the better. And then mm. in ending this period itself, like, I've had a really nice year, and I'll be sad to let that go, but I'm also ready to move on, I think, okay. to the next stage, which I don't even know what that is for me. Like, I don't know how much, like, moving on I'll actually do, but, you know, mm. I'm I'm ready for the next period of life so okay yeah that's very healthy yeah but yeah it was feeling very weird for a second because I because of the amount of work I was doing this semester I feel like I was just very much like in that mindset and then when I stopped I was like what do I do I was like I literally don't even know like what to do with myself yeah and then I also had just like a weird like week of just like a lot of things kind of like piling on top of each other and yeah it was just like a really weird time but i think now that i've had like time to process i'm like ready and okay. excited about it yeah that's good yeah um it's interesting because you say like after i was done doing all this work i just felt like i didn't even know what to do yeah because that makes me think of how i felt when COVID hit and i feel like a lot of people probably and i think that's why it was so helpful for so many people is like you just you take you have this time to open your eyes to like so much more of what actually matters to you in life and who you are as a human kind of thing um so yeah i don't know do you feel like having covid do that has also made it so you're better at that kind of self-exploration since like reflection and stuff yeah definitely yeah i think yeah, because that at that time, I was really able to just, like, 
Mm, I'm I think I'm naturally like a pretty reflective person I do Mm. like I keep journals and I do like to go back and like look at what I'm thinking and feeling and like analyze myself and like a lot of the time though it's interesting because what I write in my journals is often like more negative than it is positive because I think it's like an outlet yeah to like kind of decompress and like express all of those things yeah so it's interesting because I can like think in my mind like oh I was really happy at this time like and like look at pictures and stuff and be like oh my god like this was a great period of my life but then I go back and I look at my journal and I'm like no it wasn't like yeah it was terrible um I kind of lost track of what I was saying I think oh yeah but the reflection thing for COVID Mm -hmm. I think it definitely did like it made me feel more comfortable being um like alone i guess in and like reflecting in those periods of like solitude yeah so yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah i have the same thing with with journaling i feel like i need to get into um like gratitude journaling more because it is it's just so easy to only think that the only like to think that the only things worth journaling about are the things that you need to help yourself process yeah but then it just like you start you start projecting to yourself that your life is so much worse than it actually is yeah I feel like I do that a lot yeah no I agree and I think it's just because those emotions are the ones that make us want to create I feel like and that's another thing Mm. that I've like kind of had a problem with as like quote unquote a creative and one of the reasons like no but I think one of the reasons where I was kind of straying away from like like because I originally wanted to do screenwriting and I still I think would like to write like a book Mm. but I was like I think I need something that I can not write about my own experiences because I think it would put me in a dark place like if I just had to do that all the time Mm. And maybe there's, like, another way to do it that I'm just, like, not capable of seeing. But for me, that's always been, like, the easiest thing to write about is, like, the bad stuff. And I think, like, it's just sometimes, like, really not good. If you're in a bad place and you're, like, reflecting on the bad place and it's just... It can be, like, really taxing, I think, emotionally. So I think you need to make sure you're in, like, a good headspace. Interesting. And yeah, I think balancing out, like making an effort to balance it out with positivity is like very essential. Yeah, I like that point. I also I feel like as someone who who is like, how do I even say this? Like almost a, a garage creative. Like I create mm-hmm. shit, but I, it's not for a job or anything. I just do it because I like it. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like creating with the idea that someone is going to be reading what I write is actually really helpful in separating myself from the negative feelings a lot because a lot of times I I read it and I it makes it kind of triggers the realization that anything that I'm taking like I am definitely taking it too seriously like no matter what I'm thinking it is not as big of a deal as I make it out to be in my head. And I feel like putting it down in a way that I'm trying to communicate it to other people because um, because I think that I almost am going to seem ridiculous if I do take it super seriously when I do 
um, communicated in whatever format that is, that does ease, that eases the burden a little bit. And it also, I feel like it gets me out of a loop that the thought can keep me in of just thinking that I'm in this place of despair and I can't get out of it. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. Like looking at yourself from what you might look like in other people's perspectives mm-hmm. helps you like get out of your thinking about what people think about you like or thinking and just in general like whatever it, yeah it gets out of my thinking of of like what i think about myself like the the really mm-hmm. the very harsh thoughts about myself yeah. and the ways that i should or shouldn't be because i think i write it down and i think about showing it to other people and i think oh like this is going to be seen as normal and this is going to be relatable and like yeah. This isn't that big of a problem. It's not even a problem that I have it because everyone has this kind of st- yeah. shit going on. Yeah, I think there's like two nice things about once you realize them when you are like creative that I think it's like really important to remember. And one of them is that like I think the more authentic and like personal to yourself you are, it like I think people say a lot that it's like mm, the universal experience is like easiest to express with the details so it's Mm. like the more like detailed you can be about a situation and the more like closely you can relate it to yourself the more like people will see the universal experience in it and relate to it Mm. so that's like really interesting to me and I think that relates a lot to that and then I think something else that I always keep in mind that like I think whenever I put any I, I try to whenever I like and presenting something that I've made or and putting anything out there mm-hmm. is that like people like don't care so yeah. it's like they honestly don't care about like really what you're doing I mean like if they don't like yeah they just don't really care as much as you do yeah. at least and they never will so it's like I think that helps when you're considering like criticisms yes. because it's like honestly it's like people just it doesn't matter to them yeah. and then so then it's like it only matters to you and if you're like interested in what you're doing then good for you <laughs> like, exactly. i don't know no i like that it's a super optimistic point of view and i think it is extremely accurate like i know i like i always get a little anxious about posting anything that i've made on instagram or anything mm-hmm. because i i just imagine people even like seeing the story and just being like, oh, this is so weird. Why does he like? Why does he do this? Yeah. Um, but I know that anyone who is like even remotely close with me or like knows me at all doesn't care. Like they yeah. don't like. And if anything, they're going to be supportive. Um, yeah. And that means that I feel like the other side of that coin is that if people read what you write, like the worst case scenario is that they don't care and the best case is that they actually do take something from it right and so like you really only have anything to gain and nothing to lose by just putting shit out there i would agree yeah and for the most part i would agree right yeah absolutely yeah okay say so okay this is kind of i can segue this into another thought i was having this morning Mm -hmm. about posting on social media in general because what I just said was if you put something out there, they like it probably isn't really going to hurt anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was thinking about like I've, on social media, there's so much that you can put out there that can so easily be viewed comparatively. 
right? Yeah. And so people can see what you put out there and they can feel worse about their lives because you try to show your life in a positive way. Um, and so what I was what I was thinking about was whether that means that you're you just shouldn't put like post things that show your light life in a positive manner. Mm. I don't know. I think um Hmm. I don't know if that's what that means, but I think it is interesting because I think we have seen a shift in like what people do post now and it's like I think it's even being made fun of like on TikTok and stuff. It's like I look through a Gen Z's Instagram and I see like just like weird like random like blurry pictures of random like shit and it's like I think it's because we, like, the people who use social media the most, I would say, um, have gotten tired of, like, seeing people trying to perfect their lives all the time. Mm. And I think also that's why, like, Finstas became a thing. And then also Be Real is, like, the latest, like, social media. And that's, like, literally just telling you to post at whatever time and then like you have to kind of be authentically showing like what you're doing and a lot of people are just sitting in their fucking rooms like or like eating breakfast or something and it's like nice to see that like oh these people that i thought were so cool and like badass like i mean they are but they also just like sit and like eat sometimes you know or just like do homework or in class i also love yeah yeah and so i think that's what it's really resonated with like a lot of people i think for that reason is because we really have this like we have like a hunger for authenticity that we haven't really been able to see because and but it's interesting now though too because even on be real like there's people who will like wait until they're doing something to post like and i think that's starting to catch on as well so it's like even that is kind of getting to and i mean i'm guilty of that to be honest because there was yeah because there was like a month where i literally like it would always just catch me when i was in my apartment and i was like i feel like lame i'm like never (laughs) doing anything like but i am but like whatever okay well who do you have on be real who you're worried about seeing that you're in your apartment at 7 p.m every day or whatever like Like, are there people because i don't there's a couple there are a couple i think there's because I'm, like, there's a couple people, too, that have requested to, like, friend me. Mm. And I haven't accepted it because I'm, like, I don't think we're close enough to where, like... Like, I think I would try to cultivate my, like, life if okay. you were on my, like, friends list. Mm. Um, and I think I have, like, few people that I do care about, but I do have, like, a couple. So then I'm, like, mm. Mm, like, I don't know. And I don't know how to feel about that, but yeah, it is the reality. Okay. <laughs> Um, that makes sense. Yeah, see, I I feel like I take it, I just take it to extra layers where, like, it's so, the curation level is, or, like, the, the let me show off myself level is so obvious and is the first thing. And so, like, the next level is instantly, like, if that is the clearest motivation, it means that I just shouldn't post anything because... I don't because I know that it's generally like it feels like it's coming from a place of vanity for me to post like that and I also feel like it is more likely to make other people feel bad than to do anything else but then there's this third layer that I I start to think like is it actually vain or is there this other intent where it's just like I 
maybe I'm proud of this thing that I did, or I like that I look this way right now, or um, I think it's just fun to document myself doing fun things and to put it out there. And so that's the level where I really struggle with because at that point, I have both of these intents in my head, right? And it's like, I, I want to post and I also don't want my post to come from the wrong place from within me or to be interpreted in a negative way by other people. And so oftentimes I still really, I want to post because I recognize that discomfort and that tension in me. And it's like, it's like this is a good way to put myself out of my comfort zone. Um, but I still usually just don't post anything because it's, it's really hard to get over that idea that people are just going to see you as, um, either, either they'll see you as a douchebag or they will see what you posted and not care, or they will see what you posted and feel worse about their lives. Yeah. It's absolutely paralyzing. Honestly, I feel the same. I think also as I think for women, there is a lot more pressure to cultivate a presence online and cultivate like a persona. Mm -hmm. And I think that is like also just like paralyzing. I think it's just hard to, I don't know, because I think the person that I like project on social media, I'm like, I don't even know. Like, it, not that that's me, but I'm just like, I don't know. It's just weird because it's just a bunch of pictures of me, like, <laughs> at different things that I've done. And yeah. I'm just like, none of these things are things that I, like, even, like, truly care that much about. But I just feel like it's probably good for me to have, like, this persona and, like, keep it up or whatever. Mm. And, um, but yeah, a lot of my, like, really good friends aren't even, like, on there. And it's like, I don't know. It's so odd. Um, and I used to be a lot more judgmental of people who would just post like whack shit on their social media. Like honestly, when I would be like, they're like crazy. <laughs> I have but, done that before. I have so been that person. But I, no, but I'm starting to get it now. Cause I'm like, oh, Thank I get you. it. Like I'm like, because I used to be like, that's just unsettling. Like everyone knows that like Instagram is the place for like, for like polished thing. Cause it's like, it's like different social medias have different purposes so it's like you know linkedin is for like professional like whatever and facebook is for like your grandma and like random people that you're like friends with on there and then like instagram is for like kind of like looking hot and like cultivating that like presence and whatever and then like you know whatever and (laughs) but then i was like no you know what like i totally get these like people who like to post like weird shit on here because it's just exhausting. Like, it's so exhausting yeah. to just keep that up and, like... Well, it's almost like a protest, I feel like. Yeah, like, I, I think That's so. why I do it, because I... It's so clear that, yes, these are these are the expectations of what the platform are, but those aren't real. Yeah. Like, they're totally just in everyone's head, but it's it's so weird, because I want to, I want to post stuff that shows, like that shows that I recognize that those expectations are fake and that maybe can help it. Like maybe they can make other people feel more comfortable about like being more casual and not needing to create this image of themselves. But then like, like I know that so often the reaction is going to be like, this person's a freak Yeah. because they're not following the norms that we all know 
is what are supposed like is how this thing is supposed to work. Yeah. Um, and I think I don't know. I feel like I could zoom out and just say that about so much of life in general is like noticing yeah. what people expect and institutions expect, but um, like recognizing the how like there's no there are no actual good reasons for it to be that way yeah just that everyone has accepted that it's that way and i think it's so stupid i hate it I just yeah but i think it's good because i think when you like it i think it really goes back to just like being authentic Mm -hmm. and like when a lot of times when people are authentic they do subvert like some kind of thing that you know is like existing yeah and like an image or something or a perception and people like look down on them for it but then i think it's also freeing because once you find the people who like don't look down on you yeah. it's like so much more fulfilling yeah and i think it really like once you find the people who get it then you're like oh wow like okay like this is like the way that you're supposed to like live life i guess yeah so that is really nice exactly I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Um, And I also feel like the more you do it, the more... um, The the, easier it gets. Yeah, the easier it gets. And the more people are going to be okay with you doing it. Yeah. It's it's like building a brand. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Like if you've been curating this, this more kind of perfectionist almost image of yourself and then you post something whack, then it's more likely to be really jarring to people who expect a certain thing out of you. Yeah. But if you just keep posting crazy shit. And people are like, oh, it's just another. Yeah. That's the great thing about social media. It can desensitize us so quickly. Yeah. <laughs> Which, amazing. <laughs> amazing. Yes, fantastic. One of the selling points. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, well, that seemed like that felt like a good tangent. Yeah, that was yeah. nice. So you don't, you don't know what you're doing after graduation still. Not really. I'm going home, and then I'm going on some trips, I think, like mm. on vacations. Cool. And, yeah, I mean, I my job search has been very, like, half-hearted, I would say, mm. just because of that. Because I'm, like, I don't know, I would like to kind of soak up a last summer or, like, a semblance of summer. Mm. And I feel like I do have the luxury to be able to do that, yeah. sort of. <laughs> so I'm going to try to do that. Okay. Um, do you have a bunch of friends at home who will be there? Yeah, I have, yeah, my, like, high school friends. Um, most of them will, I think, be around. And I'm going on, like, a, a trip with two of my good high school friends. And then my family's going to, like, the beach and stuff. And it'd be nice to, like, go to that as well, just to see them. Because I haven't seen them in a little while. So. Your family? Yeah. Yeah, that is cool. And you're you're like tight with your family, right? Yeah, I love my family. Yeah, yeah. I try to talk to them. Sometimes they don't respond um, mm. to me. Thanks, family. Brutal. I know, but no, I try to talk to them like pretty often. Okay. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I mean, it's very it's very nice to have a good enough family situation that you are totally chill going back home after you graduate just to yeah. live there. I feel very lucky for that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like my, yeah, my family's really great. I feel like I've always been, I've always like known that I'm pretty lucky <laughs> with yeah. my family situation. Yeah. Are they, have they always been very lenient, your parents? 
that's the word. Sort of, yeah. Honestly, yeah. They're, they, my mom always kind of had an attitude where she was like, she was like, I kind of got up to like trouble at your age. And she was like, it was harder. Like, she was like, there were dangerous situations I put myself in because my dad was so like overprotective mm. and like wouldn't let me do things. And she was like, but I did them anyway. And if he had been more like understanding, I wouldn't have been in danger. So then she was mm. always like, I would prefer if you just like be honest with me about what you're doing and I won't like get you in too much trouble. I just would rather you just don't like put yourself in these situations. Yeah. And I was like, that's fair. And I mean, it was fair. Like she was, she was like pretty lenient and like, I don't know. And my dad too, although I'm, I think my dad was at times a little like, <laughs> like at times he he maybe wanted to be a little bit more like harsh than she did, uh, but she kind of toned that down. Toned that down. Okay. So does your mom wear the pants? <laughs> um, um, yeah, I would say so. <laughs> yeah, she's definitely like the decision maker in our family unit. I would say. Okay. Like he does a lot for us. Um. But she just has, like... Well, she was a stay-at-home mom, too. Mm. So she just, like, kind of knows, like, more, I think, what is best for everyone. Sure. So she's usually trusted to make those decisions. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. How about you? Um, my mom wears the pants. Um, but... And, yeah. What do you mean, how about me? Like... I don't know. Are you close with your family? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, yeah, there was like, uh, there was, it sounds like I probably had more tension with my parents than you did. Mm -hmm. Um, but as soon as, as soon as I got out of the house and didn't Mm. do anything to, um, horribly endanger myself (laughs) or my future. Yeah. Um, just like, like, all that there needed to be was trust. Yeah. And so then there was trust, and now there's really not much of a rift. I think my parents now, or at least my dad, I think my dad just looks at me as kind of weird a lot of times. <laughs> I think a lot of people I, or a lot of adults that I talk to probably do look at me as weird. Hmm. Um, like I was talking to Chris's mom was here yesterday, hmm. and... Um, and she was like, um, do you plan on going back to school anytime soon? And I'm like, no. She was like, so you're just focused on your career. I'm like, not really. (laughs) really. Um, so she was like, then, then what's going on? And I feel like that's generally the attitude that most adults have. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I feel like I am kind of an enigma, but my mom is, is much more like, like you go man you just yeah, do that's cool do 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 as long yeah. as you have one you yeah know, then it doesn't matter yeah no <laughs> yeah i think that's fair i mean i think that like a lot of adults like i think we have mm, kind of a luxury i guess of realizing and partially do the due to the pandemic of realizing that like maybe like going after your career and like work isn't like 
that all it's cracked up to be. Yeah. And I think, like, their generation, like, our parents' generation never really had that. Yeah. Like, they were like, no, you have to do that or, like, get married, basically. Exactly. And... Like, this is how to create purpose in life. Yeah. Which, I mean, like, maybe, in a sense, it can be. Yeah. But I think there's more... I don't know. I guess I like it'd be nice if I could enjoy my life. You know what I mean? Like yes. that's I feel like that's and then I think I saw something recently. I don't know where this was, but it was like all that life is is just enjoying the passage of time. I saw that too. I think it was on TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> but I was yeah. like, "Hey, like that's a nice way to look at it." Yeah. You know? Cuz it's like what else? Like why else would you want to be alive exactly like, and if you have the ability and like i keep saying like luxury because i feel like i don't know we need to acknowledge that we're like pretty privileged to be able to do these things because a lot oh of people God, don't yeah. have that like ability mm-hmm. but i think if you do then like why not you know yeah i don't know just to do other things that you enjoy yeah right yeah and but i think it's hard for people who didn't have that ability or like mindset to look at us now and be like, oh, like, so that's what you're doing? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think it's hard for them to wrap their mind around that concept. Yeah. So, like, that's probably why. Definitely. It's, it, well, yeah, because it is, it's a lot more abstract. Like, mm-hmm. you can put numbers on school and a career. Yeah. And, like, it's you can judge very success. concrete. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I think as I, like, as I answer more of these questions of literally just like when people ask me how are you or when I introduce myself to new people Mm -hmm. um if it's not school if it's not work the the thing like the the driver the main thing that I should be going back to to answer those questions is is kind of the quest of of acceptance and like just the consistent practice of acceptance um as almost like the the gateway to enjoyment of life mm-hmm. um and but that is so like that is so abstract and it's like yeah. so many people when they hear that it'll just um like my dad if when when my dad hears me say stuff like that i can hear him i can hear his thoughts being <laughs> like like be more practical yeah like, be, like focus more on making money so that you feel comfortable and stuff and it's just like not it's not a problem for me. Like, yeah. it's not something that I worry about and it's not something that makes me suffer is though, are those like areas of life. And yeah. so it's weird because it's like a lot of times people, people are more focused on those more concrete aspects and yeah. it's hard for them to relate to the other stuff. Yeah. And I mean, I think that makes sense. Like everyone comes from different you know, places and like it sees things from a different perspective. And, um, yeah, I think, um, I don't know. I feel like I just don't want to surround myself with people who view that as a priority. Mm -hmm. Like I just don't, I don't know because I do think that like, yeah, I would just like to kind of enjoy what I'm doing and like be proud of some of the things that I like put out and, that's like all I really want. Like I don't think I want that. And like obviously I want like to have a place to live, but it's like yes. You know, as far as being like getting a bunch of shit, like I just 
I don't know if I care that much about it. And exactly. I don't think it will really bring anything good to the world either. Like, having a big house is bad for the environment. Like, yeah. I don't know. Having, like, a lot of clothes and, like, status symbols, it's not good. Yeah. For, in my opinion, anyone. Like, I don't think it really does anything except like further the capitalist society and i feel like i sound so like college right now but <laughs> so gen z so gen z so like hippie-ish but yeah i agree though yeah um I mean, yeah i feel like like it's nice to have it's nice to have stuff to the extent where like it it enables you to have more of those like, like experiences, that experiences that like that make you enjoy the passage of time but yeah status symbols generally don't do that and i feel like there's just a point of diminishing returns i've also been thinking a lot about the dichotomy of like owning your stuff versus stuff owning you mm. um and i i feel like i know so many people whose stuff owns them so much more than the other way around and i i just don't feel that way at all and i I value the the freedom of not having a bunch of stuff that I invest myself into rather than the other way around. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah um, I agree. I feel the same way. I just, I don't know. I just have always wanted to like, like, like have like good experiences and then like also create something interesting yeah over like anything else like that's just the thing that i'm most interested in in my life i think yes i I don't know and i think different people have different priorities than me because i've talked to people and like i used to like i don't even know like back in high school i used to talk to people about this and like there's this one guy who i was like you know like i think i'd be happy if i just like had a little house and like would write and maybe I could be like a librarian and have like a cat and he was like why do you think that he was like you could be so much more like you could aspire to so much more and I'm like like what like as long as I'm enjoying myself like does what it more matter like yeah I don't know yeah like I'm I just yeah that's all I really want I guess like I don't know sure. and maybe that will change like I think I mean, obviously it's changed, like, I'm like, I don't know if I want to be a librarian, but, like, or maybe when I'm, like, older, but, um, yeah, I still just want to, like, I also just want to read a lot of books and, like, write Mm. a lot and enjoy the people that I'm spending my time around, and I think that's, like, all, like, I think that's it, I don't know, those are my goals. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that makes a ton of sense. That's awesome. Mm. Do you ever feel the pressure of, like because of the privilege that you have trying to trying to aspire to something more not for yourself but for the ability to help other people more um i'm projecting yeah no yeah (laughs) yeah i mean mm, honestly like no not for the purpose of helping other people Mm. i think if i could help other people that would be awesome Mm -hmm. like I and I totally would love to but I don't think I don't have any aspirations that are driven solely by um my want to help other people okay why do you Mm -hmm. want to help other people I'm curious about this too because I feel like some people 
like the desire to help people I feel like can be a really mixed bag of things because I feel like some part of some parts of it can be like genuinely wanting to but then other parts can be like wanting to be seen as a good person yeah and so what's that mix like for you do you do you think there's both in there yeah which one wins out I guess or which one's stronger man this is great because this is something that I struggle with all the time is like the um intent versus like the outcome partly but also just the knowledge that even if my even if there's one layer of my intent that is for other people, I know that that is still tied back to an intent to make myself feel better in some way. Yeah. And so, like, that's the thing. The, the making myself feel better is going to be there no matter what I do. Um, so it's... I feel like like that is part of it. And, um, and part of it is wanting to be seen as a good person. But I also think that I am aware of the the drive to be seen as a good person mm-hmm. and the difference between that and just being a good person mm-hmm. um, and I think fortunately having that awareness could like put me in a place where I don't it is less about me being seen um, yeah like I think about doing like I think about getting into politics not as the politician myself but as um, a staff member for someone whose representation is much more important to have in um, our current political landscape. Yeah. Um, so, like, it's there, but I don't think it's as much... Um, it's as much to be seen by other people as, like, a better person. I think it's much more to be seen as myself by a better person. And because of that, I almost, like, try to shy away from the things that are going to reflect like something special about me or like get me some some validation or attention yeah that's fair i mean yeah that's interesting but i do don't mean to interrupt but i do um i do generally feel a drive to help other people just because i think that is the thing that most that makes me most confident about my own worth that's very utilitarian of you (laughs) yeah have you studied that philosophy yet yeah a little bit (laughs) a little bit um is basically just like bringing the most good good to society yeah well well the the thing about util i i usually don't like utilitarianism that much yeah because i think for someone like like, I don't want to follow utilitarianism because I feel like that would just be me working 18 hours a day on um, preventing the world from ending via climate change or, yeah. like, ending starvation. Yeah. And I think... So I think utilitarianism is hard because it it removes the aspect of people being able to do what they want. Yeah, and I think it is... Um, I think when I studied it, there was, like, really interesting stuff that we also read building off of it about, like, about, like, the utilitarianism as it relates to, like, men and women as well. Mm. And, like, the, like, perception of, like, women and, like, children. And I don't know. It was super interesting. But basically, it's, like, there's, there's, like, a build on that theory where it's, like, you can't really be of much good to society at large until you prioritize yourself first yeah 
and so there's it's like utilitarianism becomes like a lot more complicated when you think about it that way Mm -hmm. because then it's like because also it's like you said like if you're just working on making society better but also all of society is expected to work on making society better then no one's really like living and so it's like what's the point of even making it better if like no one's even yeah if we're all just robots now yeah 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 so i think it comes down to two like what do you view like making society better as exactly yeah how do you how do you do that yeah no i totally agree it's like it's like we all have different i feel like all of us have different personal experiences that illuminate just particular problems that feel most important to us and so like those are the ones that we want to not only help solve for ourselves but other people um the other thing like that goes along with how you need to help yourself to be able to help other people that's another problem with utilitarianism that i think about is like like the only way that you can actually do the most good for the most people is by having the power to do good for a lot of people so like should the first step in utilitarianism be hardlining towards becoming the president of the united states so you can actually change things more than anyone else um so yeah, I generally don't like that. And that's why the the way I try to help other people is just to like, um, I've, I journaled about this recently, is like self-discovery, um, acceptance, and um, it, yeah, I, I probably don't need to and there, just those two things. <laughs> self-discovery and acceptance. Yeah. Yeah, because also I think like there's something to be said about, like this kind of goes back to the authenticity, but it's like, Honestly, I think the way that you'll be able to help the most people is just by, like, being yourself as much as you can. Yeah. Because then, I don't know, it just encourages other people to, like, be authentic and live authentically. And I think that is something that, honestly, a lot of people struggle with, like, more than anything else. Oh it's God, just, yeah. like, being able to be themselves. Yes. Because it feels very vulnerable and no one wants to do that so yeah um yeah 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 but yeah so i think there's something to be said about trying to find your niche and like really like being that niche as much as you can and like inhabiting it as much as you can yes yes oh my god what you're saying is resonating with me so much because like that is exactly the point of this of this podcast of my blog like of everything it's just like um, leaning into your stereotype. Yeah, yeah. Leaning because your own stereotype is kind of just who you are, and it's it's hard because I <laughs> almost like like. Do you know who Gary Vee is? You must as yeah. an ad person. Yeah. Right. Like, like he seems to be so. He he is such like the most memeable human being I've probably ever seen. Um, he so often he seems extremely cliche and just. Like, it's so easy to roll your eyes on and be like, yeah, okay, like, we, we get it, dude. But he is also so okay with the fact that he'll be seen that way. Yeah. And, like, and he knows that it doesn't change how he feels. It doesn't change his thoughts on those things. And he is just down to keep putting that shit out there anyways, despite all of that so, like such obvious potential for negative backlash yeah um 
And I feel like I like I feel that way a lot too. And it's just like the difficulty of trying to put stuff out there that um, again, it is personal. It's so based on your own beliefs. And oftentimes if if people like like so often I feel the response can just be like chill out, bro. Like this isn't that big of a deal. Um, but it feels so really worthwhile to just keep trying and think that thinking about like if there's one person who reads this and understands something a little bit better, like that's worth it. Yeah, I think so. And even if there's not that one person, I think it's like if you're it's your own like journey of self discovery. So mm-hmm. even if it just helps you, and like good for you. Yeah. Like you, like you know, I don't know. And I think also doing stuff like that, you can like it's nice because if you have the intent to do anything else that's like creative, I feel like doing something that you're passionate about in the beginning, even if that's not the thing that like makes it, it still gives you a lot of skills for your next project. Or, like, whatever. So yes. you have, like, transferable abilities and skills That's true. that you can still use and apply to, like, your whatever you're working on in the future. Yes. Which is so, like, in my opinion, I feel like no creativity is, like, a waste because... And, like, no self-expression is really a waste because it kind of equips you with, like, the ability to do it again. Yeah. And I think that's really nice. And, like, something that I've, I'm happy to realize now because it's, like, all those, like like I don't know whatever like stupid like stories or whatever mm-hmm. that I've like written or like anything that I've worked on it's like it's kind of it's built towards like more than just like that one thing yeah itself. so that's nice too. yeah I god I totally agree with that because you 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 know that this is a metaphor that I feel like I've been thinking about a lot with life in general like you know that you're gener- just by continuing to put in the work by continuing to put stuff out there you're generally trending up whether it's your yeah. skills or like your knowledge of yourself and it's it's not like an exponential increase no, it, it yeah. looks like the stock market yeah. but you are going up yeah right yeah for sure no yeah. yeah and that's what i was kind of saying earlier i don't know if you're gonna cut this part out because it was with the radiator yeah but yeah about like creativity is not like it's not about how good you are. It is just about time. Yeah. Like, it's just about the time that you put in. And I think eventually, like, if you put in enough time, like, something good will come out of it. Because it's just about, like, shaping it in so that other people... Like, communicating your thoughts effectively. And that can take, like, a really, really long time. Yeah. But I think once you are able to do it, it's, like it resonates with people and it is able to make like an impact on the world like like everyone I think hopes when they create something yeah. so I think because that's like the best end result is that you are able to resonate with people yes. make an impact change the way like shift the dial I guess on the way that they see the world a little bit yeah just a little bit yeah and I think that's all you really could ask but yeah. I also think like obviously if you're able to resonate with more people like shifting that dial just a little bit feels like a lot more powerful because of the sheer amount that you're doing it to. Sure. So it's like, obviously once you can reach that level, that's like, I think the ideal, like what every creative would want. Of course. It's just so motivating Yeah. to think that like, like if you, if the bare, if the bare minimum motivation, well, first of all, it's incredible to be able to incredible. I don't know if that might be too strong, but for yourself as like the only person to be 
enough motivation and if you get to like if you start at that point then i feel like just having almost you can realize each if it's this important to just me as a single person Mm -hmm. then each additional person is valuable like each additional person who gets this yeah um and i think that's also too about like the universal being in the details it's like if you're able to capture those details of your life that you think are so important mm-hmm. then it will like it those feelings it's like whatever <laughs> oh, this is hard to like explain i guess but whatever you're like the feelings that you're trying to capture by explaining the details of a situation like when people read that they might not have had the same experience but they have experienced the same feelings Mm -hmm. and i think that is what you're trying to really get at is like picking and choosing like those experiences that that other people can resonate with the feelings but not necessarily the situation and then that will get your audience like the cast the widest net across who you can affect and who you can like i don't know tap into i guess yeah like i don't know i guess get your perspective in front of them and get them to consider it totally yeah totally i feel like this like where i'm going will kind of get into the semantics of writing a little bit more but i've been thinking about um about that a lot in terms of like transitioning between specifics and big picture um even like at the paragraph level at the sentence level in writing you know it's it's super hard but it's so important you know who mark manson is i don't think so no he's like he's probably the he's one of the biggest like lifestyle philosophy um self-help bloggers out there who still whose blog still is popular um and i he he does this masterfully where it's like um very specific descriptions of um personal experience or generalizable experience that everyone can be like yes i know what this is like and then contrast or or blow that back up to like this is the way that you feel because of this experience is due to this underlying context of who you are and how society is or whatever yeah yeah and i think like it yeah making those connections is so hard but it's so useful to be able to do like in writing i think that's what everyone wants to do yeah just because yeah i mean being able to apply because i feel like everyone when you start writing there's so much of writing that you just are saying like it's so on the nose i feel like and you're like you're aware that you're on the nose and it's like so frustrating because you're like this isn't like hitting me with the punch to the gut that I want it to because it doesn't have that complexity. Yes. And because it's just like straight up saying like, this is like exactly what I want to say. And it's like learning how to cultivate that complexity is just so challenging. Yeah. Um, and I think it requires you to be really familiar with like your, your writing style and mm. like your, if you're writing with characters, like, who those characters are, or even, like, your tone of voice, if you're, like, writing from your own perspective, and, like, I don't know. I think it, there's a lot more, I think, also formula in writing than I ever expected there to be. I think, like, there are sets of rules that you 
can study and at the end of the day like once you've it's kind of like anything where it's like you study and then once you've like mastered it to an extent you can like throw it out because you know like enough to be able to mix and match and make your own like combinations or whatever but I think it's hard and you have to write a lot like a lot to be able to even get close to that so yeah yeah that's not that's why I'm just like it just takes time and that's like what I've been telling myself like no one's a born writer <laughs> like yeah I think you just have to put like a hell of a lot of effort into it mm-hmm. and it's nice like it's I don't know like I think being around other writers too because it also can be very like lonely and mm-hmm. it's nice to hear other people's experience even though it's like kind of all the same everyone will just say like you just have to write like a lot like that's all you can do and like writing at least I think for me and I think for a lot of people is more about editing than it is about like writing because it's like yes. you just have to like write as much as you can and then pick the parts that do have that complexity and have that like punch to the gut feeling yeah and then compile something out of the pieces that do have that and then like tie it together and stuff. yes I my goodness I am so with you on the editing process being the the biggest part of it yeah um and I think it also it's it's like you see which parts are complex and you also see the parts that aren't mm-hmm. and you can kind of you can start to gain a feel of what is wrong with those mm-hmm. right yeah. and so then that's how it's exactly how you get better there are so many times when I write something and I and I finish writing it and I'm like oh, I feel like I just exerted myself and it was great and I'm just ready to go. Yeah. And then I edit it like two, three, four times and each time I edit I'm like, I'm making this so much better. Yeah. I am absolutely. doing incredible so yeah. Um and yeah. that just feels really good. Yeah, no, it's really nice. And I think, um I don't know, I think for me it's hard to like with big pieces of work. Mm. I feel like I need a lot of distance in between like each time I edit it because it's like I can get so involved and like there's so many things to consider and like okay like for okay for example like I I really do want to write a book and so I've been like working on like a book for like a while Mm -hmm. and like it's just like there's so many pieces to consider like there's like plot and then how do the characters like drive the plot but also Mm -hmm. how do the characters relate to theme and like how does each everything that they say like relate back to like this theme that i'm that i'm trying to like tie together throughout the entire thing and it's like there's so many technical elements to consider yes that like when you go (laughs) like but then like sometimes when you're writing like a scene or something you kind of do just get lost in like oh my god like this is the conversation that these characters would have yeah whatever and you kind of lose track of like all those other technical things that you're supposed to be paying attention to yes and so and it's also even hard to like say sometimes whether those things like even do objectively relate to like the plot and the theme because i find myself like justifying i'm like well maybe this would like somehow relate to like the theme that i'm trying to say so i'm like maybe like this should be kept in like maybe this conversation is important And so it really, for me, takes a lot of, like, space from the material to be able to come back and objectively look at it and be like, 
oh, like this isn't, this doesn't really work. This belongs. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, this is like, you know, because I can be really excited about writing something. But then I never know, like, I can't look at it the day after and be like, this works or it doesn't work. Yeah. Like, it, it takes, like, a while for okay. me to, like, come back and be like, oh, shit, like, okay, this works and, like, this doesn't. And I don't know. I'm often, like, always, like, when I come back to my writing, too, I'm, I have been, like, pretty surprised, especially lately, at, like, how, I think it's good. It's just, like, now for me, I'm, like, struggling with plot and I'm, like, mm. it's good writing, but it doesn't. Like, there needs to be more through lines. Like, sure. it's not really, like, connecting overall. And that is yeah. so hard. That is so hard for me. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what I'm... I'm going to be working on it for a while. But, yeah, but that's also so nice to have something that you're working on for a while. Yeah, it is, because it's, like, the familiarity of, like, I can just get back into it, and I have, like, the whole world, and, like... And it's cool, too, because actually I was just talking to Mackenzie about it, like, the other day, like, yesterday... And she was like, no, like, when you talk about it, though, I can see it. Like, I can see exactly, like, what you're, like, I can see it existing. And I was like, that is so cool because I feel like it's just, I have been able to see it for so long. Yeah. But, like, articulating it and explaining it to people, like I said, like, it's like the communication is, like, it takes so long to pick the words that will ultimately get other people to see what you're seeing. Yeah. And it's like. Well, that's, yeah. And so it's so great to have someone. It's almost like that's. If she's seeing it, like, that is what you are trying to do with the course of the whole book anyway. So or, yeah. so it's, like, it's almost like, okay, I have, I succeeded with one person yeah. in showing what I'm trying to do. Which means yeah. that if I succeeded with one person, I can do it with maybe another. Maybe another, yeah. It's cool. And it's cool because, like, for me, for that, like, this thing that I've been working on, it's, like, First, I had, like, the characters and, like, a general story, and then I was, like, and then, but then, like, that was, like, years ago, and I was, like, but there's nothing, like, there's no, like, undercurrent, and, like, I never really knew what I was trying to say until Mm. recently, and I'm, like, okay, so now I've realized that the characters are, like, a way, are a vessel for me to say something about like society at large and about my perspective in society totally and I think that is like what I was really missing as like as a focus because Mm. I was just kind of writing like these random interactions and like developing their personalities and like whatnot yeah and now I feel like I'm like no like but this is what I'm trying to say and I think now I can look back to that and be like well if every like interaction or like paragraph or conversation like doesn't relate in some way to that central point of what I'm trying to say then it has to go yes and I feel like that makes it a lot easier to edit totally so we had to pause as my roommates walked out (laughs) um but we're back we were talking about you were just saying how um understanding that you want to communicate like your particular perspective on the world Mm -hmm. is a really good grounding factor in writing this book um i get that a lot do you i guess i would ask is do you have a character that you feel like mirrors you or is kind of supposed to represent you in your book oh absolutely the main character i'm the main character in my like i'm not but you know it's like I mean, I it, right now I'm it's first person, and I think it will stay that way. Yeah. And I think what I've realized is that I th- think I want the n- 
Like, I think the narrator is, like, kind of me now, but the main character is me, like, years ago. So I think the, the narrator ha is, a, like, a little bit wiser than the main character and, like, has okay. more knowledge about the situations that the main character is doing. Because okay. it's, like, I think it's, like, looking back. Like, it's kind of, like, it's not... It's first-person perspective, but it's, like, first-person... Past tense. Past tense, yeah. Yeah, that's so cool. So, I think that's... Because I think I want to... Because I think I have become, like, a lot wiser. And I think mm -hmm. I would like to impart my wisdom on my younger self. Like, I think that it's part of, like, a wish fulfillment thing that I wish I could be, like... Like, look at what you're doing. Like, oh, you're an idiot. But, like, also... <laughs> But, like, I mean, I can't blame her either because, yeah. you know, it was just me. Like, I was young. I don't know. Just yeah. Like, stupid. You don't know better. Yeah. Like, it's fine. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, I, okay. Because in um, one of, like, two or three TV shows that I have, that I started writing um, mm -hmm. because I don't like continuing things. Mm -hmm. um, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to stick with. Uh, yeah. But I had the same thing where, like, I just made myself the main character. Yeah. And it's easiest. It's easiest. And I have, I also have the same thing where that enables me to, like, to more clearly see the continuous thread throughout everything. Mm. Like, for the show that where I was the main character, um, I, I knew, like, for the first season, I wanted... I wanted it to be the showing the story of how someone becomes a person that they don't like mm. after being a person that they do. Mm. Um, Interesting. And so that I just I'm just relating because I I feel that like with every scene I'm like how does this contribute to building out like the larger story. this person the yeah. larger story the arc yeah 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 no totally and it's hard it's hard to do yeah because it's also like you need to have like there needs to be action in yeah. every scene there yes. needs to be like something moving it forward yeah and figuring out exactly that action and how it can move the story forward and also tie into the theme is like so difficult i feel like yeah. it, it's just i don't know and i think like once you kind of get the ball rolling it's like a little bit easier like once you're like okay like because you know once you have that thing where you can go back to it, you can be more objective about it and be like okay so if this isn't like relating to it like it, it needs to be cut like yeah. it's whatever but yeah having that having those actions and motivations and then also because it's hard too because when you're writing it's like especially when you start out with like a fresh project you don't know the characters like you can build them out and have like profiles on them but it's kind of hard to get to know them until you write them and are very yeah. familiar with them yeah. and so it's like you know not knowing you can't write a story and not know the characters motivations like in my in my opinion, I think some people can, but I think it's really hard to at least not know some of what they're thinking. Yeah. Um, because it really informs, like, their consistency as characters and, like, who they are and how they contribute to the story. So. Yeah. So then it's, like, that's a whole other process of, like, writing, being familiar with your characters enough to where you can get to 
a place where they're not just saying on the nose things and they're actually saying things with complexity and their actions and their words also have complexity as real people would exactly um and that is like a whole other like thing to tackle in itself so there's just like so much that goes into it but i think that is what's nice about like for me i've i think i've been working on this for like like at least like six years really yeah like i've been working on it for so long and i didn't seriously start to like think that it was something that was ever gonna like see any kind of light of day or that i I was ever gonna tell anyone about until like my sophomore year of college and i was like okay like i'm committing like i am going to write like every day and like work on this and then COVID hit after that so then i even though i had already made that commitment i was like oh my god like now i like really have to and then i think i made like pretty pretty big strides in the project like at that time like during covid which was like really awesome um and then but then now i'm like rewriting it again like i got up to 200 pages at one point but then i'm like a lot of those were just like kind of what i was saying earlier where it's just like random things that don't have a through line as much as i'd want them to um so then i was like okay like now i need to really like focus on plot and make sure that's happening and once i get to the end i'll probably have to rewrite it again and i don't know but it's been really fun to work on and it's really nice like to have something like that yeah that i'm like very passionate about it's like this is the through line for your life yeah although like i feel like when i'm done with it like i don't want people to just see me as that which or like think that i'm because there's a lot of things that i think i discuss from my past that i'm like i like it would make me kind of sad if people thought that i was like super hung up on those things but then i'm like i guess like that's just the nature of it because i feel like i'm trying to use at this point i don't think it's i'm as hung up on them as much as i'm trying to like use them to say something about like these things that i've noticed in the world at large mm-hmm. i don't know but like if people think that they think that i don't, yeah. know. <laughs> I don't really know like you can't worry about that exactly well. like at the, you can you can write whatever you're gonna write but at the end of the day it's completely up to the reader's interpretation yeah and i think the hard thing about that is like i just want to i want the reader's interpretation to be like close to what my interpretation is you know what i mean like i want it to be i want them to take away from it like what i'm trying to say yeah you know and like i want to make sure i'm saying what i'm trying to say because i think there's definitely a way in in which i like wouldn't and they wouldn't like take away that message and so i'm like that's like the challenge to me at this point is like making sure they take away that message i totally get that i always so get that because that's why i feel like i I tend, it's much easier for me to to communicate in ways like this podcast or in a blog where I'm just, I'm explicitly saying how I think things are instead of fitting that within the structure of a fictional story. Oh yeah, oh my god, yeah. Because it is so much harder, but it's It's also like, I guess because I know that that adds something, but I haven't put my finger on what it adds. I think it keeps people interested in what you're saying. Yeah. Because it's like, they're like, because this so much, a story is designed to like capture people's attention. Like, and that's all you're trying to do like throughout the whole thing. Like that's why there's the whole like structure of like 
at the end of act one like your protagonist needs to want something like it needs to be clear that they like have a strong desire and then because the thing is people like this is like hammered in like a bunch of my screenwriting classes but it's like people like to watch people that care about things so your protagonist always needs to have the strongest desire in the story but they can never get what they want until the end like they cannot get that and that's what keeps people watching and and then there's like other like technical things where it's like in act one like you establish the world and then at the end of act one you flip the world on its head so it's like what you have established usually there's like it becomes the opposite in act two and then Mm. At the end of Act 2, the character hits, like, their lowest point, and then that is, like, really compelling because we want to see the character overcome, like, what it is. And then in Act 3 is, like, they overcome. Or sometimes it's, like, the opposite. So that's, like, a traditional story with, like, it starts positive, goes negative, becomes positive. But then it's, like, sometimes you can have starts negative, becomes positive, goes negative. Like, whatever it is, it has to be, like, opposite. Okay. So it's like, I think maybe like, I don't, for some reason, like I'm thinking like the Joker, mm. but I feel like the Joker like starts negative, goes positive, becomes negative because I think in the middle he like meets like the girl or something, but then you realize that that's like not true. Like, I don't know. I think whatever it is too, you always have to make sure you're like conflicting like whatever it is so it's like expectations in reality is like a big thing where it's like in comedy like a lot of comedy comes from expectations versus reality where it's like characters think that one thing it's like their lives are going to play out in one way but then it goes awry and then you're like that's where the comedy comes from but that's also where like the tragedy can come from and like Mm. i don't know so there's just like so many technical elements to consider that make it so challenging yeah (laughs) No, totally. But it, yeah, it's interesting to think that it's. But it's all to make it entertaining. Yeah, that it's just like like, it's the message isn't necessarily dependent on having the story. It's just that the story is the most effective vehicle yeah. for communicating the message yeah. because it makes people care the most. Exactly. Like when you can have. A protagonist that someone cares about mm-hmm. and like resonates with then that is going to stick with them a million times more than so- you just saying like on the nose being like you should care about this yeah you know totally because it's like they're like why like i don't know you there's no reason for me to care like yes. what a you know but the protagonist and the story is designed to give people a reason yeah to, to care about the message exactly people so. care about people naturally People only care, they only tend to care about causes because they care about people or like messages yeah. or philosophies. Yeah, like that. and I think like when you put, like it's also like putting the, like showing people in an empathetic way. So it's like when you're able to illustrate their desire and make sure that their desire is like very strong, like in your protagonist, mm. then that will make people care like a lot more. Because even if the desire is bad, if it's a strong one and if you throughout your story can effectively like articulate why they have that mm-hmm. then people like the audience will care like even if even if it's a bad thing that they want you know and it's like so they're kind of going to be rooting for them and then i think that's what makes like 
like anti-heroes are so interesting because of that because it's like even if you know it's like a bad person like you can still get people to care about like bad people because then it's like making the argument that like no one is really bad person people just do bad things blah 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 like i don't know it's just like interesting um yeah i don't know there's a lot to consider when writing a fictional story and it's so challenging totally <laughs> but it's also a fun like big puzzle to work on exactly like, it's a it's massive puzzle super fun i puzzle. totally agree with that yeah um because yeah it's like the whole thing is a puzzle uh-huh. and then literally down to every line can be a puzzle oh absolutely yeah, yeah. and so it's crazy it's like, it is to crazy. put like building a puzzle out of other puzzles oh it's God, wild it's so much. um it's really so much yeah, but it's also like nice because once you it is like very similar to because once you I think start to see the big picture you can see like where the small pieces fit easier. yes and then it's like oh like it's like it becomes easier sure but it's like it's a massive undertaking and I feel like you have to be so passionate about it to continue it because yeah. there's so many projects to, like that I've had too that it's like I don't care. Like, it's like, I care for a minute, but then it's like, I don't care longer than that. Yeah, it's almost like, God, the effort, like, the resistance that I feel like, like, that I feel as I attempt to make this with the the constant knowledge of, or the constant struggle of, does this belong? Is this actually how this character would work? Like, needing to be solving those puzzles constantly yeah like it is just exhausting and i feel yeah. like, like you're right you need passion even though it is an enjoyable process you also need passion to push yourself to do the exhausting thing yeah but to counter that too though yeah. a lot of like writers that you know have like written books because i've gone to like a couple of these like conferences which have been like really interesting and like illuminating on mm like, how writers are, um, and it's just also nice to be, like, around other people who are, like, really passionate about these ideas and, like, haven't really found how to express them yet, but they're, like, so, like, into them, Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of writers are, like, they're, like, no one wants to, like, get up and write every day, but you do have to, like, force yourself to do it like it's they're like it's not really about like whether you want to or not like you just have to like sit down and be like like make a habit out of it like so many habits yes like it's like it's like the same thing as like working out where it's like maybe you don't want to go to the gym every day but like you have to carve that time out for yourself and like be like this is when I'm gonna work on this and then it's just about giving yourself the time and like mental space to do it Mm -hmm. And also, like, not judging yourself. It's, like, so... There's so many phases of it, too, where it's, like, you have to have different... Like, you have to have the not judging yourself and, like, writing phase, and then you have to distance yourself from it and then come back and be, like, okay, now I will judge myself. Now I am going to edit. Because you can't do them at the same time. Because you'll get nothing done. And so... And even though you might want to... Like, even though I always find myself, like... I'll write something and then I'll be like, mm, let me just like edit a little bit. But no, like you shouldn't. You should really just like write and then come back later and edit at a separate time. So then I don't know. And then also like have space for like other things. Like a lot of people do, like writers do a lot that isn't even, has nothing to do with writing. Like 
like some people make like music playlists that like get them in the character's headspace or like the story mm. headspace or something or like me i have like a huge ginormous like pinterest board of like just like the world of I the love story that. that's awesome yeah and then i have like all these subsections of like these are my inspirations so like these are like if you were in like like on goodreads or something and like the book came up it's like you might also like like yeah. would be like the books you know and then i have like who i think the characters would look like and like actors and then like just kind of like aesthetic things that i feel like give me the same feeling that I would want the book to give me mm. and it just really like there's been days where I've like sat down to write especially do during COVID I sat down to write and all I did was just like work on my Pinterest board instead and so I just think that there's a lot of things that like are writing that are like not writing if that makes sense like yeah that you can be like this is writing there's still like, you're working ideating, on it. creating yeah yeah. yeah yeah I totally get that yeah so that's I don't know I wanted to... You mentioned a while ago now. Sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> but I just... This stuck with me. Like, you mentioned the the loneliness of writing. Mm, yeah. And I would love to dive into that a little bit more because I have my own ideas on how my writing has connected to my feelings of loneliness. Yeah. So I'm curious what you think about it. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, it is, like, at the end of the day, like, you are, like, sitting in a room just, like, by yourself, like, yeah. most of the time as a writer, like, it's, I think it's a pretty solitary activity. Um, activity, and I think it's also, like I said, where it's, like, like, for me, I started journaling, I think, because I was, like, angry with, like, my parents or something. Mm. And so I think, like, like I think the things that push us to write are, like, those feeling, like, sad feelings. Like, feeling, feelings. And, yeah, and you, and you have to, like, mine those feelings in order to create, like, a compelling story, mm -hmm. in my opinion. And I think like yeah it just can be very lonely and like there can, I think can be times where like especially if you're getting really into like a creative headspace it's like you are like living in the world like in your mind like everything is kind of it's like after how like if you read like a good book or like watch a show or something mm -hmm. you're very much like seeing the world through that lens yeah. of like whatever you just consumed and I think writing like once you get far enough into your like story or whatever it's like the same thing and i don't know i think it can be just kind of like hard to like get back into like the regular world sometimes or like mm. i don't know so then i think there's just a lot of it requires like being alone which can be lonely it doesn't have to be but I think if you're, you know, alone too much, you can get lonely. But yeah. I think everyone has, like, different... Because I don't think being alone means that you're lonely, I think. doesn't have to. doesn't have to, but it can. Yeah. And I think, like, writing... If you're only writing, like, if you're an author, like, how often do you see other people, you know? Yeah. Like, unless you make, like, a really concerted effort to. And I feel like a lot of them don't because they're kind of, like, recluses. Like, yeah. I think they are drawn to writing because they are, like, kind of don't want to be 
super a part of society and they'd rather spend their time like alone in a room Mm -hmm. which is um fine but i think it's just like a little bit sad like it would be for me at least exactly as much as like you know i want to be an author like that'd be so cool and i think there's ways not to be like that like i think it's very possible yeah but i think there are a lot of people that are like a little bit lonely yeah as authors so yeah yeah you definitely can create a balance it's just a matter of if you want to um yeah yeah i just bring it up because i um a big reason that i started writing more is because i i kind of it's it's like is an outlet to express yourself while still being alone yeah um and so i don't know if that necessarily i don't know maybe it makes me feel a little bit less lonely while i'm actually doing it yeah but i really um yeah, it's just interesting because I I like that it it kind of it makes it that in a way I don't feel as compelled to express everything happening in me all the time to some other person yeah. to have it be validated and yeah. instead like putting it on a page is almost the, my method of validating it myself. Yeah. Um but it's also not the same. Yeah, it's yeah, I think it's interesting because, like, I feel like you probably, when you're writing, like, you have your audience in mind. Mm. So it's like, I feel like that is also part of what alleviates the loneliness because you're like, you're like, it's a weird kind of thing of like, you're imagining like a connection with people. Like, you're imagining a supposed, like, someone is reading this and like they're connecting with me. So it's like not the same kind of like, connection that you would have having a regular conversation with someone but you still are imagining yourself in conversation with someone if that makes sense that's a good way to put it so i think that is part of what alleviates like the loneliness because then you're like you're imagining your reader as someone that you're in conversation with yeah like it's a it's an interesting kind of conversation because it is like one-sided unless they exactly respond yeah but it's almost entirely one-sided yeah and i think that's like probably the difference is that you're like you're not getting you're only imagining their reaction you're not actually getting their reaction yeah until like you put it out yeah which is like a delayed gratification response kind of thing so it's like different yeah yeah i feel like i'm almost um i feel like it's almost more of just like the attempt to um to communicate like the attempt to like connect with people yes the yeah. attempt to connect the attempt to create something even if it is that imaginary thing or person on the other side yeah um but but it's hard like it's i i feel like i i get very sad about it a lot to think that or just the the realization that that is kind of a more realistic way to to go about life um like it's more realistic that my feelings are and the things i want to express are the most important to me and really not important to anyone else and um yeah it can it's like a weird dichotomy yeah i think that's why people are drawn to creating the fictional stories though 
because I think if a fictional story like is compelling enough people do care about it like more than maybe sometimes the creator yes definitely so I think that like kind of realization and then like sadness is maybe what why people like package their messages in these like fictional stories because then they're like well i'm giving them a reason to care about it so like they will care about it and they will care about ultimately my feelings my thoughts because that's like who it is like the creator the writer Hmm. is like it is the in some in some ways like it is their their thoughts yeah so it's like you know that's why they're like driven to do that i think for me at least i might just be projecting myself but i think that's probably how a lot of people feel no i think you're right i'm just trying to think like where like because i think there still would be something missing in knowing that they like you know that it's still that it is the story and the characters who Mm -hmm. even if they are based on your feelings even if they are born out of your feelings and yourself they aren't you yeah. So I feel like it's it's interesting because there's still it it's almost like you're there's destined to always be a gap that you that mm-hmm. maybe isn't there when you are just in conversation like in real yeah. life conversation. It's like they don't care about you, they just care about the characters. The characters. Yes. Yeah. Like what you're Okay, yeah. That's interesting cuz yeah, that's fair like there is that gap and I think it's, you know, it's just something that it's like, I don't know. But then that's just the relationship of having friends, I guess. It's just mm-hmm. people who like do care about what you're saying and like are interested in you as a person. Yeah. But I think it's hard to, like, I don't know. Those relationships are kind of, like, not rare, but I don't know. It's hard to cultivate that, like, with writing, I think. Like, I don't... It's pretty... What do you mean those relationships like a, are Like rare? a friendship. Like what, where they authentically would care about you as a person through like write, through writing. Oh, 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 oh. Like, like... Like I think you can kind of only get that through friendship. Yeah, yeah. I don't think, I don't think writing can actually be a gateway to like caring about the creator. Because I, I feel like, I actually feel very strongly about this. Um, I think once... A once someone is consuming a piece of art, mm-hmm. I don't think the creator really has anything to do with that. Yeah, like I think the creator can try to derive something from that for their for themselves out of the reaction of the viewer, but on the side of the viewer, all there is is the creation. I don't think the creator yeah. plays any role. I don't think they do. Like I don't think they really. I guess have a responsibility for it like yeah Mm -hmm. I don't think and like I don't think that the work is the person exactly like I I I really don't um you know there's (laughs) 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 I have some questions sometimes but I don't think that they're the same yeah (laughs) yeah yeah I mean and even if even if the work is representative of the person I still I still think it's completely up to the viewer to, like, like the viewer can not see that. Like, the viewer yeah. can very much be like, this isn't representative, or I don't care if it's representative, or I'm not even considering whether or not it's representative. Because yeah. the point isn't the creator for the viewer most of the time. Yeah, I would, I would agree. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. 
I would say so. It's interesting. <laughs> Wild. Wild. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. I, what else was I thinking? I was thinking about talking about other things. We've been talking about creation for a long time, which is awesome. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. It's been something that's been really on my mind lately too. So. No, that's exactly it's a nice conversation. what we should talk about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about, I don't know if this is too out of pocket. I generally say things that I often think are the wrong or consider the wrong thing to say a lot. Like, okay. um, like yesterday, um, remember when Gabriella was telling us about her roommate who can't tell the difference between black people at all? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Already thinking, is that something Ben should say on this podcast? Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's funny because I we went over to her place <coughs> and Sorry. and you're fine. I I turned to her at one point and I said. So I hear you can't tell the difference between black people. Oh, no. <laughs> what did she say? Um, she, uh, some, some kind of defenses, but it was, see, it's so weird. This is my awareness of, this is a problem with my perception of norms, um, is that everyone in the room, like, gasps, covers their mouths and shit, and... I, it's, it's weird. It's weird the idea that it's being perceived as an attack. Um, This is something I was thinking about earlier of how like, if I, I generally, and I think most people generally use their, like they project to determine whether or not they think something they would say would be offensive. So like I, if if this is a problem I had, I feel like it's more likely that I would just laugh at it because I am I am comfortable with, with the fact that I'm not racist, even if this could be a problem that I had. Um, but I think her, potentially her and everyone else in the room might not feel that same way. Yeah. And so that's where a struggle comes in. Yeah. Um, and this is a super roundabout way of saying whatever else. Oh, I was going to ask, do you think do you think we will ever see each other again after you leave? Oh my gosh, that's a good question. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Like maybe. I honestly don't know. Yeah, I don't either. I think like I was I've been thinking about this a lot in regards to like most of my friends here. Yeah. Um I feel like I have the relationship with all of you that if I were to know that we were in the same like city, I would definitely text you and be like, oh, like, let's, like, try to hang out or, like, let's grab, like, a drink or something. Um, Just because, like, I don't know, I'd like to see you and, like, catch up with you. And I have, I, like, I don't know. I like the, like, conversations that we have and stuff. So, I don't know. I definitely would make an effort, too. Cool. Um, But, yeah. What do you think? What do you think? I would just, like. I think I would probably put it the exact same way. Okay, cool. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's because yeah, I don't know. I don't have any like bad blood with anyone. And no, it'd be very. Fun. You're not trying to escape. No, me. I'm not trying to like escape. Like I would love to keep up with everyone. And, yeah. Um, yeah, if I like lived here or like where if wherever you all like end up, yeah, I'd love to hang out. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> yeah, okay. you have it. Me saying it on tape. So <laughs> you yeah. Can. yeah. Now I'm gonna relentlessly text you if we yeah. live in the same place. <laughs> My God, if I ever get over my cough. Mm. <coughs> oh my yeah, God. That's just an interesting thing. 
Yeah, no. I have been thinking about that, though. So that's interesting that you, like, ask. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, like, what would I do? And, like, my roommates and stuff, too. I'm like, I don't know. Because we all are kind of going our, like, parting ways and everything. And it's like... It's sad. It is sad. Yeah. It's sad. Endings are sad. Yeah. Endings are sad. And this one is so odd, too, because I think... Like, everyone's just doing something different. Like, no one's really doing anything the same, I guess. Which, like, before, like, you know, when I, like, left high school, it was, like, we all were going to college. Sure. So, it was, like, we all had, like, a common ground in, like, what we were doing. Mm -hmm. But now it's, like, everyone's literally just going, like, some people are going, like, Europe. And some people are, like, doing another year of school. Exactly. Some people are, like, getting a job. And some people, like, are getting a different kind of job where it's, like... They're not ready to, like, really enter the workforce, like, pursue, like, their career career, but they're, like, getting, like, working at, like, a brewery or something. Like, it's just, like, so random. Like, everyone's just scattered everywhere. Yes. And it's, like, I guess this is life, you know? Like, this is, this is what it is. Yeah. But it's just weird because I've never, like, experienced this before. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, I think, oh, man, I have stuff to talk about on this. Because last year when I was graduating, it was, I think it's harder to see people doing so many different things because it's it's lonelier to see differences in priorities yeah like you're there's a togetherness to everyone going to like moving on to the same next stage of life yeah um i think it was really hard for me because and kind of still is and will probably continue to be my whole (laughs) life really hard for me because i um i don't know i've been so used to prioritizing my relationships with people um and not it, like, like kind of hearkening back to earlier in this conversation not prioritizing my school or my work or anything like that yeah um and that's really how very few other people function and it, like yeah. there was an unhealthiness it's 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 a weird balance to strike because there's i think there's a ton of value in self-sufficiency. Like you want to have the things that you do that yeah. you value regardless of the people around you. Yeah. Um, but I also think if we are looking at life as a means of enjoying the passing of time. Yeah. Um, you need to have other people around. I think, I think the people around you still are the most, are the biggest factor. Yeah. I agree. And yeah, go ahead. Sorry. No, you're fine. So it's just like, I like, like last year, my, my, one of my best friends, John graduated and it was really hard for me then because he, he's someone who kind of just rides along the, the train tracks that life set in front of him. Yeah. And so he, in preparation for med school, he was just going to go back home, save money. Um, and I had conversations where I, I almost like like pleaded with him to see what I see, like to yeah. see the what is more important in life, and it just wasn't there. And I've kind of had similar moments with Joe and Alvaro um, and Fernando, even. But yeah, I think, and now like my other great friend Michael is about to leave, um, so it's it's difficult. It's difficult because I the. The one, the dream that I have that I feel like I've never given up on almost is life, life being a TV show, life being a sitcom, <laughs> yeah. and just having the group of friends who, 
who have that as the thing keeping them mm-hmm. like the, the group of friends like in Seinfeld like they change jobs all the time but they stay in New York because that's just like home yeah um yeah, I don't know. I feel like I'm getting too melancholy now. No, but. yeah, no. I get that. I mean, I've always wanted that too. And I think something that I've come to realize is that, like, you can have sitcom moments, but, like, I mean, having that is, like, pretty unrealistic. Because it's, like, it is, like you said, like, there's so many other priorities that people have. And, like, it's hard to, like, expect people to have the same, like prioritize the like friendships and like relationships above all else yeah and i think so like i think you i i would like to commend you on this mackenzie and i were talking about this yesterday that it's like it is really nice i think you've created like a really good space like here for everyone because i think like we were like it's just nice to be able to like go over there and like see everyone and like have those like moments of just like kind of relaxed like nothing's really like happening that's all that crazy but it's like it's just nice to like spend time with each other and like enjoy each other's company and stuff Hmm. and so i think you have done a really good job of having and you even have like an open door too like i've never been able to walk in someplace and like just be like hi like what's up like besides like my own like apartment yeah so it's definitely like super nice and i would like to commend you on that thank you you've done a really good job of creating that like little sitcom like energy (laughs) like it's sweet that actually that means so much honestly i really appreciate that i'm glad yeah um it's funny you say the open door because that (laughs) that was us my freshman year like I just so the last podcast I did with, was with Michael should come out in a few days um, and I don't know if you know our context like Michael was my roommate for all of my years of college oh cool yeah um, and we were we were like the room that our door was always open any our friend group always just came through anytime they were around yeah we were always and it was the same type of vibe. Like, like there was... Honestly, there was less to do. Like, we didn't have as many board games or video yeah, games. Yeah. But we were playing Mario Kart all the time. We, there, Our vibes back then was literally just sitting... Kind of like what I do on... It's why I like Be Real so much right now. Yeah. We would just sit around a room and and we would have a Snapchat group. And we would just send the ugliest faces that we could to each other. Yeah. Um, and it was... It was just delightful. And, like, Mackenzie's talked to me about this, too, about, like, wanting to have or liking the idea of a found family. Yeah. Um, and I am very into that. And I feel like that's just been... It's been the most welcoming, accepting, and, like, belonging feeling yeah. that I've had. And that is really nice. And I, like... And I'm really, I'm also grateful for, like, the group that we have because um, I had that freshman year and then it kind of slowly petered out and petered out as college went on. And then I was just blessed with the presence of Fernando (laughs) this year. Oh, Fernando, yeah, he's so great. (laughs) Which re-enabled it, yeah. Yeah, Um, no, he's awesome. Yeah. So that's been awesome. Yeah, no, I definitely get that. And I think... Yeah, it's like I've said, like, I've had um, 
groups where I've been a part of that I've felt that and it's like it's so it is like a really nice feeling and it's like so great and I think what's nice is that since you know that it's your priority you can like I think you if you want to find people that will like have that with you Mm -hmm. like they might not always be the same people but you probably will like find communities just because that is one of your priorities it's like like, it's kind of like a almost like a manifestation like a self-fulfilling prophecy yeah where it's like if you just like make that effort like i think you'll get it because you have repeatedly and like you know i don't know you know what i mean like i know i do i also think it's part of it is having the crippling fear that i won't have it will make it so that i keep working incredibly hard to have it yeah yeah and i think like yeah just like you know cultivating relationships with people and stuff like you're you'll figure that out and hopefully yeah i mean you know i'm like (laughs) same because like i don't know it's I don't know it's hard too when you have like other priorities in the way and like yeah. for me i'm like probably my career and like creative stuff and like i definitely have realized i don't want to lose sight of that yeah because there was a time where i feel like in college i kind of was like i don't know like i don't know i was definitely losing sight of like pr- my priorities sure. and then it left me in like a really sad and lonely place and then i just Mm. was like damn i don't want to be like this anymore so i think you know i feel like i prioritized it again and like prioritized just like connecting with people and reaching out to them and there also was a time where i was very much like i can't have people see me right now like i like physically like i was like Mm. not in a place where i like was okay with that like i was just like i like no okay and so i have to say i would love to dig into that but i also don't want to poke where you don't want to be poked. oh my god that was absolutely terrible um and i think that was really like it was hard because i was like i wanted to be doing things but then i had that like i was like i can't like have people like i literally was like i cannot be seen like i cannot be seen was it like if like were you just (laughs) was it because you were sad or was it a physical thing? Um, Trying to keep it as vague as possible. Yeah, no, it's, like, hard to explain. Like, I don't even know. It was, like, a combination of, like, mental and physical, like, things for me, like, okay. at the time. Like, I think I just was, like, like, it was, like, sort of a self-esteem thing. Like, I don't really know. Like, it was, like, literally, like, it was just when I would get invited to stuff, I was, like, I would just be, like, I can't go because I don't want them to see me, which was, like, crazy. And it mm. also goes back to the whole thing of, like, you have to be, like, you have to realize that people don't care. Like, people just don't care about you that much. And so it's, like, what are they going to see? Like, I don't even know what I was afraid of, but I just was, like, I just, like, physically, like, mm. it, no. And that put me in, like, a really sad place because I just was, like, oh, like, like even like the experiences that I want to be having like I'm preventing myself from having them because I feel this way and that was like a lot of the stuff that I had to work through like during COVID when COVID hit because I was like oh like I do like I had to like realize that like maybe I don't know I think a lot of it was like issues with like my body and stuff and so Mm -hmm. I had to be like like even if I'm like having those like days or whatever I still have to realize that like connecting with other people is probably more important than like hiding hiding yeah and so like i don't know and it was just like coming from a really like coming out of that and like realizing that 
because also a big thing too was like when I left high school I kind of thought that our my friendships with everyone would be done like I was like we're not like around each other anymore like I'm not gonna see you again probably so like it's over and I think (laughs) I think that came from when I moved in middle school like I only moved once but I moved when I was like 11 and for me like that was like a big like mental shift because I was like oh like these relationships aren't permanent like I'm not gonna like have this whatever and so I think that like impacted the way that I saw like leaving high school because I was like oh like so those relationships like didn't sustain so I'm not gonna keep in touch with these people like whatever and I kind of was like had accepted that and I was like that's fine like I won't talk to them anymore um but then like going home it actually surprised me how like receptive everyone was to like still having really like a relationship with me and like still like being friends and stuff and so that's given me more ease about like leaving college because i'm like oh well it's a kind of thing where it's like when you want to see each other or like if you can't see each other like you can't it'll just and pick it's, back like, up fine yeah yeah so um, yeah yeah that's nice to know to think about yeah i get that no i get that a lot i feel like I do you again I was about to I do this so much where I ask a question by projecting because um but I feel like I um get really anxious about like if I haven't put any effort into maintaining a friendship while I've been away then like like I've lost it yeah and it's over and I think I've been, I've been thinking about this recently is the transactionality of relationships. Yeah. Because um, for a long time, like even if you asked me a few months ago, I would have said unequivocally, yes, all relationships are transactional. Like you, you give attention and affection and um, you entertain and you, um, and you listen and then you receive those things back. And when those, there's a balance of that transaction, and it's a healthy, good relationship. But recently I've been thinking more about, about people who I just, who I know it doesn't matter like how much of those things I'm getting and how often or how recently it's been. Um, and I know that if I just, no matter how, how long it is, if I, when I do see them again, the relationship won't have deteriorated and you can just pick back up. Yeah. And so that's kind of, it's an interesting thing to think about. I feel like it's kind of changing my calculus a little bit. Yeah. No, I, I feel the same way. And I think it's nice that that exists. And I mean, some people it's like, you know, you like, it doesn't work out. And so if you do see them after a long time, it's like, Oh, like, yikes this is kind of awkward like there's not that much to talk about (laughs) yeah but i mean that happens and like you just kind of have to roll with the punches you know what i mean like it's not knowing that it's not the end of the world like the 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 arcs of your relationships are not like definitive of you as a human being yeah that's also a thing that's very hard for me yeah and it is hard and i think it's like i think it's kind of important to try to make sure you're like having like at least you have a couple relationships at any given moment where you can kind of lean on and be Mm -hmm. like these are like you know like i care about these people and they care about me yeah i think that's like really important to just have like 
no matter who it is and even if they're changing and like they're not always the same it's like just have like so you don't go crazy like just kind of have those like couple people who you're like oh okay like it's nice that I can like rely on like I know these people and they know me because honestly it's kind of a weird thing where it does get into your identity of like it's like you kind of do perceive or like at least I do like kind of perceive myself in the way that I think others perceive you others perceive me and I think that's like a super it's super weird to like think about (sighs) yeah especially because their perceptions of you are based on their own experience like yeah and those are all different for each person probably like honestly the way that people perceive me is probably nowhere near the way that i think that they perceive me but how do you think people perceive you to go around like i can't even explain it it's like a whole thing down to like my physicality like i just am like i'm sure i just act like completely different than i like think that i do and it's like i don't know and it's so odd because it's like with all of this stuff too like getting access like videos and everything and it's like Mm. just even seeing those i'm like i don't even think i act like the same videos that like i think that i'm at like it's just so odd you know yeah it's like weird yeah Um, there's a lot of layers there's a lot of layers but yeah um how long is this running just a question we're nearing the two hour mark we oh can my end god anytime oh my long. god i don't want to make you edit two hours that's so long dude we the other two have stop. already been two hours if it's okay well whenever but you... we can stop if you want no like it's whatever like i just don't want to like talk forever and like waste your time <laughs> like i feel bad you're not wasting my time this i i'm supposed to do another one of these in like an hour or an hour and a half cool so for that time i have literally nothing else going on okay cool yeah i mean it's up to you it's your podcast so it's okay you feel if there's a natural conclusion <laughs> okay if you feel like there's a natural conclusion too feel free to speak up okay. i can cut it yeah um i was going to say other stuff though okay yeah probably no go for it um what were we just talking about oh oh perception of Perception of yourself being based on others' perception of you. Uh-huh. Yeah. I feel like that's so, so difficult to escape. Um, yeah, and it can get really unhealthy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. It can get so unhealthy, and it's like, yikes. <laughs> yeah, and it's tough because, like, you're, you, distort, you distort things based on... Because your your view of yourself isn't entirely based on how others perceive you. I feel like the amount that is based on how others perceive you, you attribute so much more to the things you already believe about yourself. It's just confirmation bias, basically, right? So I feel like I feel like maybe with you, like when you were struggling to see people, yeah, it could have been just like you were feeling horrible about yourself, and so yeah, uh, yeah. If you when you go and you get any signals from other people that even if like this again something i struggle with so much even if 90 95 percent of the interactions you have are super like kind and fun and great that remaining that 10 5 percent where there's like a little iffiness just hurts like it hurts so badly yeah and i yeah right yeah absolutely yeah i feel like i get that um i get that 
almost every time I spend time with people. It's very tough. It's almost like part of the reason I want to spend time with people is because um, I want to keep challenging myself to get better at that Yeah. and not internalizing. I think, yeah, that's healthy because, yeah, I think for me, um, I did have that pretty bad and then... I think I'm, I honestly am doing a lot better with that now than I ever have, like, in my life, but I also think that it would work the other way, too, because for me, most of what I was wrapped up in was also, like, it had a lot to do with just, like, my body, like, physically, and so then when I, there was a lot of, I think, um, unholy behaviors that I engaged in Mm. um, concerning that. And some of them, like, like sometimes if I would be, say, engaging in those behaviors for a while, mm-hmm. and then I would get complimented on mm. anything, then I would obviously attribute it to that. Yeah. And so then that would be, like, kind of the opposite, where I'd be like, okay, like, I need to, like, feed into this. Mm. And... <laughs> no spoilers but that is something that i want to talk about in my book yeah because i think like a lot of people struggle like a lot of people but especially young women Mm -hmm. like really struggle with that and like literally almost every person every like girl that i've talked to and like opened up to about it has had some kind of struggles with it and it's like so frustrating because it also just like it's took up so much of my time and happiness and energy and like mental space and like really just affected a lot of things about me that I think like I could just be like doing more and like have accomplished more if I hadn't had that whole Mm. thing like happen to me and yeah so that's just something that I'm like that can be frustrating yeah for sure but also like of course compassion always the answer yeah like yeah, it's hard. I mean, I, I appreciate you and other people, even even if you're not going to give details, just talking about this kind of thing, because um, I guess there's, like, it's hmm, it seems so much more prevalent. Oh, my God, yeah. Than, than you I, would realize. Yeah, because I, I, I don't know. I guess I just, I really don't realize. And I think it, yeah. a lot of people don't realize because a whole part of it is the effort of covering it up. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh my God. Yeah. And that's, people are so good at that nowadays too with like social media. Like I sound like an old person, but like, it's true. Like with social media, it's like, you never really know. And like, I don't know. I think yeah. that's made it a lot worse. Yeah. Like too. Definitely. The whole social media thing. And just being able to see like, and trying to cultivate that perfect image and trying to and not realizing that other people are cultivating it as well and Uh that is only a recent development that people i think have started to attack is like the realization that like oh i don't look this perfect all the time like oh like it's healthier to like not look this perfect all the time oh yeah but that is that is only a recent thing that people have started doing. Like when when I was when I was young, like but when me and so many of my friends were like younger, it was like no one talked about that and no one like was saying those kinds of things. Like mm-hmm. it was it was just like those perfect images, and so of course we would make the conclusion that like to to look like that, like you would have to like go to the extra extra mile like all the time because 
you wanted to look like that all the time. Like you, you maybe like the things that you were seeing, people were just like that perfect all the time. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. So then that was like a whole thing that was super toxic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, for sure. And, and then, yeah, sorry, go ahead. I mean, sorry, you obviously have so much more to say here than <laughs> I do, but um, I guess it's hard because it's, well, it's so nice that there are voices out there now that push back against or like elucidate the toxicity yeah but it's but even though that is the case like the the perfect images that you see are still rewarded so much more yeah and so like it's it sucks because it's like it's like david fighting goliath almost yeah with and david doesn't have a slingshot it's like he has a a rubber band <laughs> yeah i mean yeah uh, i don't know i think sort of i mean but there it is also just a matter of like visibility too and just like having people who like maybe because i don't know i think it's like there's there's a lot of ways to find like you can find a lot of different types of people attractive but there is like something that we have been fed like a beauty standard that does exist and i think just like acknowledging like all the different types of people that you like are like are should be allowed to be attractive and like are attractive like helps and like the different like that it's not just, like, one thing that you have to, like, kill yourself, like, trying to become. Yeah. Um, because I think, like, realistically, like, there, there's a very small percent of the population that actually, like, fits that, like, beauty standard that I think we've been fed. And also that changes. It's not even a set thing. Like, it, the, especially for women, but I'm sure for men as well, like, it's, it changes depending on, like, our culture at yeah. the time like in and, and like who's famous and like who's like yes whatever and being held up as like the pinnacle of like the the like attractiveness at the time yeah so it's like it just helps to have those extra people who like just look different than that or maybe like the ones that maybe I would want to follow, like, look more like me, but then someone else, like, has some that look like them, and they, like, are able to, like, fill their, like, filter their feed, I guess, with images of those people, and be like, look, like, this is attractive, too, and, like, look how, like, beautiful that person is, even though they look like me, and they yeah. don't look like, like, I don't know, like, Kim Kardashian or something, like, sure. I don't know, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, it's just, like, it's helpful to have those people who are like able to do that and like yeah. maybe in a healthier place than someone who isn't able yeah to. totally it's, i got so many ideas mm-hmm. um yeah well based on that like having changing your f- curing your feed to be more like you i feel like that's great because it also in like it like most of us still are going to be aspiring to look some sort of way but you yeah. want the thing that you're aspiring to to actually like be healthy feel possible yeah feel right? and be possible yeah yes, exactly. um but also god what you're saying about um how our perception of what is attractive changes yeah is god i've been i was thinking about that because totally there's there's a subjectivity it, it's so weird there's a subjectivity and an objectivity and attractiveness Yes. And that is really hard to reconcile, I feel like, because um, 
because it would be so it would be so nice if it was just subject subjective right like it would it feels like it is more yeah. it's more right for us to not be attracted to other people based on looks and for it to just be like some people are just subjectively attractive to like how do i say this like the same amount of people are subjectively attracted to all of the same variety of looks yeah because then i'd be like it would get rid of pretty privilege basically exactly yeah but that's not accurate it's just not reality so it's like um it's super weird and i i definitely the other thing i was thinking about is just how how crazy different it is for men and women because i for like for a very long time was not not only was not conventionally attractive but like it wasn't on my radar really like yeah. throughout high school even it wasn't on my radar like it wasn't a priority for you to like even make yourself attractive yeah and so like this is something that it's that Mackenzie and I talked about as well is like for women it is more of like a prerequisite yeah we yeah I talked to her about that recently too it, yeah it's like it's the I think she says like it really well where she's like it's the the first like line of defense almost like it's the first thing you're considered as yeah when it's like whether you're attractive or not as a woman yeah and so she described as like 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 when she got into middle school that's when she noticed that um girls started boys started giving girls attention based on how they looked and so that is where the seeds are planted but which is so I think it for me it was even earlier than that really and but it yeah. still was based on just who the boys are giving attention yeah which is so weird for me because because then for for boys boys never that's the thing that bothers me the most is that girls it was such a big deal like if boys were paying attention to you but boys could like give a two shits or not like whether or not yeah. I think girls are paying attention to them. It's just not something that they define themselves as. And for girls, it is. And it's also because there's so much media that leads us to think that way. Like, if I think about all my favorite movies, like, all the princess movies, and, like, all the things that are directed at women, like, if you think of, like, the childhood movies, okay, and you think of a boy's movie, which is, like, maybe something like Transformers, where the main thing is his journey as a person and his side quest is the girl, like, Megan Fox or whatever. Like, that is not a main thing for him. His main thing is, like, probably, like, saving the world. Yeah. And then you think of a girl's movie, like, a princess movie, where, like, the only focus is her, but in functioning in that relationship yeah. with the man. Yeah. And that media is completely saturated, like, like saturated, like, children's... Yes everything and not and even just children not even just children's it like goes up into like rom-coms it's like some of my favorite movies are rom-coms but it is only the woman only functions in this relationship with a man so if you think of that about that and you think about how like if you're especially as a child like growing up and think about how that makes you perceive the world around you like as a girl you're gonna be like okay so i only function like my sole purpose is to function in a relationship with a guy yeah and then with a guy it's like okay maybe like i'll have a side quest with like some girl but my sole purpose is to function like in my journey as like a human being and it's like ridiculously insane how like much that can affect like 
growing up yeah. and then just like your priorities your priorities yeah. and so so as a girl your priority is obviously going to be to make yourself as desirable to men as possible yeah and if you have that ability to do it then you're going to do it and it almost doesn't even matter like what you actually want to do because that's just been like ironed into you from like the beginning of like your life yeah and i think it can honestly that this is another thing that i like bring that i want to like talk about and like what did I want to <laughs> it's like so because i didn't even like realize this until i was like old and also like i think i'm pretty sure i literally defined my life <clears throat> like in chapters of like my relationship to boys mm. like i was like okay so at this time i like liked this boy and at this time i like this boy and at this Damn. time i like this boy and at this time blah, blah blah and like i think that might be somewhat unique to me but not entirely because i have talked to like some of my friends and i think also like not to like be like oh like i'm pretty but i think it also has to do with like if you are considered like pretty then I think you also are pushed into that sooner. Like, that's because mm. you, like... Because you start to actually get the attention. You get the and attention, so and happens. so it, like, feeds into it, and then you end up... You're like, well, if I can live my life this way, then, like, why not? Yeah. You know what I mean? And so it's, like, I think that is something that happened to me. And I think it, like, really messed with me a mm -hmm. lot because then that really fed into, like my me wanting to be desirable before i even knew who i was as like a person yeah like before i even like was like this is what i want out of life i was like trying to cultivate like my like desirability yeah so that's what your foundation was was yeah and then that really messed me up a lot because it was like my biggest priority and then it just led to like me kind of ruining my own life a little bit um, and I think that's may maybe like more extreme than what happens to the average girl, but I don't think I so. Don't like, know. I yeah. think the average girl like does go through that. Yeah. And what's really interesting to me is that I've seen like a lot of my peers in college, like girls have like been through it. Like they've been, they've done the journey and they've like come back from it. Mm. And I think guys, what's interesting is that they if they have had any of those problems they experience it like on average like five years later than girls do so that's what i was i don't mean to interrupt again no go but for it. part of what i was wondering is is part of it just that guys um like college is a different thing but for the initial offset of like um is it that guys go through puberty later and so if girls start to think about it earlier, they're automatically put in a position of more like, like they have more demand for that kind of attention. Whereas guys aren't like, there are fewer guys who are even interested in it because of puberty. Just a question. Yeah. I think brain. that's part like, I definitely think that could be part of it, mm -hmm. but I also think a lot of it is like a societal, like yeah thing that's yeah. like pushed on like us as people. Yes, 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 yes. And I think too that <clears throat> like it's just a lot more intense for girls than it is for guys just because of that whole like defining yourself by a, like, Definitely. a, a male relationship. And I think like things, there's places where it's like steering away from that. Um, like, and I think like maybe entertainment has kind of made like 
at least I've seen like more Disney movies come out where that's not necessarily like the focal point mm-hmm. of like these movies and like the women, the protagonists are like doing more than that. Yeah. But it still like does pervade our society. And yeah. It does bother me a lot that like, I don't know that I was like that we were like not only allowed to think it was okay to be like making like marketing ourselves at that age, but that we were encouraged to. Yeah. And I think it's like really sad. Like, I don't know. It's just like before we even knew, like before we even had like braids. And I think that's also just like something that really because a lot of my peers too now like women are like fuck men like we're all like oh like fuck men and there's this like real hatred because i think a lot of us have like realized that like this is something that happened to us and we didn't realize it at the time that like it was a result of kind of like this patriarchal society Mm -hmm. and then also just like being like sexualized at like a young age and like men just like a lot of my peers too have just gone through more experiences like from from like maybe starting at like age 15 to like now where like men like will just say things to them that's like not okay that's Mm -hmm. like comments on like your body or like whatever and like just anything and it's just like and it's things that we as women would never in a million years even think to say to men that they just like are like yeah like that's okay for me to like say to a woman and it makes you like And it just, like, kind of reinforces the idea that, like, we are really viewed, like, as bodies first more than anything, and then our brains, like, and then, like, people. And it's just, like, so weird and scary. Like, I don't know. And uh, it's just, like, I don't even know. So that's definitely also something that I'm, like, interested in writing about. Yeah. It's just also just something that I didn't know. Like, I didn't know fully and i still don't think i fully like grasp it like until until like this part of my life really Mm. yeah Yeah. i don't know it's just interesting Um, yeah no it um but yeah it is unfair it's very hard and but also i'm like one of the more like privileged like women that exist like like that sounds i don't know but like i just feel like i have like a lot of like privilege already and i still feel like i've notice like these big like discrepancies and it's just like so i can't even imagine like it's just so much worse for so many like women everywhere and it just is like that's also really sad to me because i feel like i've already struggled with it but then i think like just imagining putting any other like oppressive forces on top of it is like i like that's so much (laughs) but yeah yeah that makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah. Um, I could rant about that forever. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> which is totally fine. I, it does, again, I keep doing this where I lose my threads just during it because what you're saying is Yeah, sorry. I so ramble. I can ramble forever. You're chilling because it's great to hear and what you have to say is much more important than what I have to say. Um, I guess, oh, one well, one thing that I hope this doesn't sound like a, a rebuttal, because that's not what I'm trying oh, yeah, no, for it to be, fine. but just an, an interesting thing is that, like, the kind of the, the shift in, uh, the shift in, di- in, in the dynamic of, like, 
of how many like of men and women being attracted to each other as they as they age like at the age we are at i feel like so many men men are attracted to so many more women or like they're willing to to have sex with so many more women at least mm. than women are to men yeah and so it's like like there is in that regard women do dominate the power dynamic and i feel like a huge part of that is because of the fuck men sentiment yeah, yeah. of like you gotta like if you if you want to um if a man's attracted to a woman and they want to make something happen then the woman has like there's a high barrier to entry for them to be able to do that because men in generally in general suck ass um <laughs> and so that's just something that's just something that that interests me yeah i think that is interesting too because i've i've also wondered a lot about that like about because there's this whole thing of like men and women have this this is like a kind of an odd topic but like they have this um um perception of like men are like really horny and women are not and that is like and i'm i always have wondered because like a lot of the times that's like kind of an excuse for like a lot of the shitty things that guys do it's like oh guys will be guys because that's just the way that guys are Mm -hmm. and i think that part that is true like i definitely think that's rooted in like science like that's there's differences in like the way that we think about like sex and stuff and i think that that's like 100 percent like valid but i do also think that it's maybe not as as much as we like say that it is oh i totally agree oh my god yes i just i don't like i'm like you can control like for men i'm like you can control yourself and also like i know a lot of women who are like horny too so then i'm like i just don't think that that is like as true as yeah the society like it, the societal image of yeah. it is true and i think but i think because of those perceptions i think there's a lot of things that men think like even down to like things that they think that they can say to women and things that women wouldn't even think of like saying be- just because it's like men have this perception of like oh men are always thinking about sex and like men are always thinking about like bodies and like whatever so like they're allowed to like express that part of themselves and women aren't as much and Mm, mm, and it's not like seen as like societally like okay for like maybe us to like say things like this yeah and i think it just is like a weird thing of like like, for me, whenever a guy has said anything like that to me, it always is, like, I'm always, like, very offended by it. Yeah. Because I'm, like, oh, my God. Like, that means that... Like, maybe I would see him in, like, like a sexual way, but I would never, ever, like, voice that. Like, I would never, like, cross that boundary like that. Like, that in any... If, if I felt... Like, I don't know. No, like, no. This like, makes... Oh, I have so much... Yeah. Yeah. No, this makes so much sense. Um, I have a lot to say. I literally... Um, because I... When I am only around guys, like, my... I feel like I become 
more a lot more boisterous and like <laughs> I I make a lot more jokes, but it's because I make a ton of sexualized jokes around my guy friends. Yeah. Because there is the feeling of safety. And I literally after you guys left yesterday, I I made one of those jokes to Joe and Alvaro. I don't even remember what I said. But I was in, instantly I was like lamenting. I kind of feel bad not feel bad, but I feel like I can't like I'm not as good at comfortable like bantering conversation when um, I'm with guys and girls because I know that I like saying those things to girls isn't the same oh, and like yeah. there is a lack of safety and like yeah. I I don't trust myself like yeah, I would if I flip into <laughs> that mode start, yeah. yeah exactly so I don't want to start but it's um what was I what was I getting at it's um I guess I just wish I I want to be able to find more of a balance where like I don't feel like I'm always on guard because I do think I don't know I think that a like bunch of the shit funny. yeah they're funny <laughs> yeah they're funny but I also understand that I I it's there the priority is not making women uncomfortable yeah the priority yeah. is not being funny absolutely yeah no I yeah and I think like that's fair like I don't know maybe there is more of like a middle ground yeah and, like. I don't know. I think I always appreciate like when guys do consider like making women comfortable versus not because yeah. I think I've been in both situations. Of and like course. obviously I'm like it's just weird to navigate because it's also like a lot of the people like the guys who have said these things to me mm-hmm. they're not like villains. Like I have yeah. I got along really well with them yeah. and like we had good relationships and so it's just like it it sucks like because I'm just like. I don't want to, like, feel this weird way about you where it's, like, I'm trying to, like, not be, like, grossed out and I also am, like, trying to advocate for myself but, like, I don't know how. Yeah. And, like, it... And, like, a lot of the times, too, it's, like, really, for me at least, it's, like, comments and then I'm, like, I literally, like... Like, I'm, like, it's so offhand sometimes that I, I like, don't even know, like, what to say or how to react. And then the yeah. moment's, like, over before I even, like, know what to say. But obviously, like, it sticks with me for, like, a long time. Yeah. And I'm just, like, oh, my God. Like, like it sticks with you. It hits you. But then if you, if you respond or, like, if there's a pause and then you say something about it, it's almost, like, now I'm bringing more attention to this thing. Yes, bringing more. And that yes. feels like I'm doing something wrong. Yeah, and yeah, because also they're going to like view me as like, oh, that girl who like can't take, take a joke yeah. or like also like just is too sensitive about things when they were just trying to be helpful, like blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, maybe you were, but like I think it's important to really think about like what you say that makes women uncomfortable. And I also think... Like, a big part of it, too, is, like, if you can, as a guy, like, try not to disrespect women in spaces where the women don't exist. Like, don't just do it when they're, like, in the room. Like, do it when they leave the room. You know what I mean? Like, it's, like, don't, like... Don't do... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, don't foster, like, environments where, like, men are also... Because I just feel like I also know a lot of, like, a lot of my guy friends that I've talked to are, like yeah, like, I do have friends who are, like, blatantly sexist and, like, make blatantly sexist comments, like, sometimes. And it's, like, they're, like, you know, sometimes I'll, like, say something, but, like, sometimes I don't. And I'm, like, I understand that, but it's just, like, try not to, like, foster an environment where that's, like, okay. Because 
that's what that's what the problem is like it's it's because at this point i think in our like society it's like we have like women i think are generally like respected when they're there mm. but i think the main problem is like when they're not yeah like, and then that's when the, like the kind of insidious stuff like comes out and then that though but those things are like acceptable but then they bleed into like men's interactions yes it's with women. it's like they're masked but the mat like when the women are around but the mask isn't totally opaque like there's yes, some transparency there's, so something bleeds yes, through yes yes yeah. exactly i um first of all i feel like i'm like as you say that i just feel so lucky to like surround myself with the men that I do because yeah, I you guys like are great. I you guys don't are so nice. I don't like like I don't know and it's not even just it's not even just them but like I don't know any of my friends when women are around that say that make any kinds of comments like that That's or like so nice. or like like if <laughs> if they do it's the same it's the same way that it, like you would say something about how someone else is racist and it would just it's just so completely ridiculous that um that it doesn't make like it's not or like making a gay joke like you know that it's not actually that the sentiment is not that there is discrimination there that you actually disrespect people yeah um the other thing that i was gonna say what were you saying just before um oh oh is that with in terms of like like men making these offhand comments that are just like that's not okay yeah i feel like that so that contributes or ties back to this conversation we were having in the bathroom yesterday about like because it it's almost like it falls somewhere in this gray area of of sexual harassment and sexual assault yeah that it's like it's (laughs) it's like you can't you can say an equivalent comment about murder because you're not going to murder but if you say one of those types of comments about um, about like a woman's body or something that makes you uncomfortable, it's like there is some inkling, there is some part of you that can legitimately feel like this is this means something about this person that they would do something horrible yeah. in the realm of sexual assault. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. No, and I think it is. It really. I think it does. Like I don't know who said it, but they said it well. I don't know if it was you or Joe. Who are like when you murder someone like there's you have nothing left to take from them and so that's why it's like black and white because it's like like mm. clear that you like there the line is like death or even like beating someone up like physically it's like there's a clear thing but I think with stuff like sexual assault, assault and like even like comments like that it's like the damage like yes well you maybe can like test for it or something. Mm-hmm. I think it is a lot more psychological. Mm-hmm. Like it's a lot more like you abstract. Have, yeah, like abstract, like mental. Like you're kind of taking something from that person. Like that's a lot you're more than dehumanizing. Yeah, them, kind dehumanizing of. them. Yeah, and I think that ha- the ramifications of that are just like a lot more like mental, like than like obviously physical, but like can be a lot more yeah especially with stuff like comments where it's like that is stuff and then also just like and like like interactions where it's like yeah it's like you maybe didn't do anything like physically 
and that's the gray area where it's like you're but you're still making someone feel that way and you're still like screwing up a little bit and so it's just like i don't know that's kind of the thing where it's like "Mm," yeah and obviously like no one can be perfect all the time and like maybe you're gonna have like slip ups at some point but i just think like it is really important to think about like how you act and like what you're putting out into the world that can be can't can like be, can hurtful. be hurtful and yeah. like interpreted in like a negative way totally. and i think a lot of the times it's pretty clear like when you when comments like that are made it's like you didn't have to say that sure. like there's you did not have to say see, that like see oh, this is where this is where i struggle because i think because there are a lot of comments that are clear but i feel like the this the perception of this phenomenon to me um I, I struggle with this a lot just in terms of trying, like, if I am interested in someone, it's really, I am so bad at knowing how I should handle that. Because I'm like, ah, I do much better with the black and white stuff. Yeah. And so since I know there are so many things that could be wrong, and it feels like the stakes here, like, the stakes feel extremely high. Like, I even like like from a societal down to a personal level in terms of the damage that can be done to someone um and so like i don't want to complain about my own like i am again i am also one of probably the one of the more privileged men out there um but i it's it's just so difficult to me because it's anytime i'm interested it's automatically in my head like like any interest i'm going to show like what's the difference just between showing interest and creepily showing interest um and i'm just bad at drawing that line yeah that's i mean i think but that's also because i like i've had very little experience and i didn't date in high school so yeah no i think like i think like Oh, that's hard. I mean, that's hard for anyone to answer, to be honest. Of course. And also... Because it's subjective. Unfortunately, it's, like, one of those things where, like, it's... It's... Like, some... A lot of behaviors in, like, that area are, like, flattering. Or, like, it's, like... It it depends on if they're interested in you, whether your behavior is creepy. Exactly. So, it's, like, that is, like, the problem, like... You know, I don't, I don't know. Like, cause yeah. it's like, if someone's like, like, uh, I always think about Twilight too, because this is another thing where like, Twilight put like a lot of ideas in my head about, and a lot of young women's heads about mm-hmm. how a relationship should function. And a lot of those ideas that they put in the head, in your head, like are very toxic. Yeah. Um, so it's like, but for example, like Edward is super creepy but she doesn't view him that way because she's like in love with him yeah but he sneaks into her room at night and watches her sleep and like he is like i'm going like he's like i like do love you and that's the only thing stopping me from killing you and she's like oh my god that's so romantic yeah it's like you know stuff like that it's super creepy like Mm -hmm. that is not okay but like it's romanticized but it's romanticized and it is romantic because she has feelings about him and because he's attractive and and so that's like a that's unfortunately like a big thing it's like obviously not to that extreme but it's like you know if you're like texting someone a lot and they're like 
they if they like you then they're flattered and if they don't like you then maybe it is creepy like or if you like you know offer to like walk them home or something it's like or even if you kiss them like without their like permission it's like you know okay we had to relocate as a a family of five entered our living room while we were recording in there um but you were just saying how you were saying the idea of kissing without permission. Yeah. And so we just had this mini conversation before we started recording again, yeah. where I was telling Christina this story of where I was um, dancing at this bar with this girl the other night who I could tell I was was clearly into me, into it. But I, even still, even then, like I don't feel comfortable kissing without permission. So what I was going to get to yeah. is that what I literally leaned over into her ear and I whispered this or I didn't whisper I said um I want to kiss you but I don't know how to start yeah like that is the point the point of explicitness that I feel like I have to get to to actually feel comfortable making a move yeah I think that's good though I honestly think that's fair like I don't think that there's any other way to go about it at this point because I think like it's the only safe way. I think so. I honestly do. I don't yeah. really, like, until there's, like, some, like, L- other, like, signal. Because I was just saying, too, about whole, the whole, like, new girl thing. Um, I feel like that's a good anecdote that I should re-explain. But yeah. I think, okay, so there's, like, a part. I yeah. wish I could, like, look it up or something, like, play the clip. But it's, like, a part where um, Schmidt is asking Cece, like, if he, what he should do to, like, take the next step with his boss because he knows that his boss is into him. And Cece is like, whatever you do, don't ask permission to kiss her because there's nothing less sexy than a guy who asks permission to kiss you. And I, like, and I, yeah, like we said, like, that probably came out in, like, 2014, 2015. And I feel like... That is so tough because it's like it like I get what she's saying. Like I get what she's saying, totally. Like because I was saying too, like the surprise kiss is like so romantic. But like I think in this day and age, like I don't think it's okay like to just do that. And I think or not that it's not okay, like I'm sure there are some instances in which like you could probably like if two people were into each other, like you could probably like not get away with it but it would be fine like there's a lot of cases in which it might work out yeah but i don't know if you'd want to take that chance like if it would be okay it's like the lead up has to be so the build has to be so So, clear so obvious to be able to do that and i think it's it's pretty difficult to find situations in which like that actually happens so yeah I think, yeah, it's, like, definitely tough. And I think it is something where you do need to just ask at this point. And, I mean, see, like, if it's okay. Because, I mean, you know, it might ruin the moment. But, like, it it probably won't. Like, and she'll probably, like, be happy about it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. No, I feel like, like, I got, yeah, I feel like you'll usually just get kind of a nice, like, an accepting giggle. Yeah, yeah. You're like, you okay, like, good. Like, yeah. and so it's fine and, like, whatever. But, no, I do, I have thought about that a lot because I'm, like, like, in that quote specifically because it's, like, it's true, but, like, what do you, like, what do you do? Like, I don't know. Yeah, it's Like, just, I honestly don't know. Like, the risk is so, so outweighs the reward. Like. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The risk of, of being wrong. Yeah. And it's just, like, this is, this is part of the problem, too, is is I feel like the people or like the the guys who who are quote unquote smoother and who are able to like to 
to do the surprise kiss yeah. are the ones who um who are almost like too they're too sure of themselves like they're too yeah. they they need a little bit more self-doubt like they I don't do know. I, I think i'm too far on that side of the spectrum of like not having any confidence in my abilities to read the situation most of the time but i i don't know i think you people mm. we are wrong all the time and like yeah and oh yeah they should be checking themselves for sure because yeah. it's also really dangerous because those kinds of people if they're used to like getting yes all the time mm-hmm. then it's probably pretty easy to assume that they're just getting a yes when they might not be yeah and that i think can be super dangerous because it's also one of those things too where it's like if they are attractive then there becomes that like danger of like well you should be flattered because they are attractive and then it's like can create a whole thing where it's like well why didn't you like it like what what is there not to like and like does it make does it actually like people doubt like i guess if there was a victim of that situation they doubt mm. the victim because because of the attractiveness of like the guy i mean in this case yeah. but i mean it could easily it could be a woman too but i think there's also just like the whole dynamics of like men and women are of course the you know definitely skewed i think in favor of like this happening <laughs> more with a guy yeah assaulting um, a girl yeah i would agree with that one yeah but Mm. yeah so that that is yeah super dangerous and i think it's like interesting because a lot of the behaviors too and like some of the entertainment that like has come out like i don't know until now basically they're like they are like pretty misogynist like romanticizing like misogyny and like sexism in a way and so it's just like interesting just like in general of entertainment just like in a lot of like rom-coms and like things that are meant for women to like yes um okay Okay. just really like romanticize like aspects of sexism that i guess and they do it like i feel i hate it because they get away with it in in more subtle ways almost in ways of like showing like of showing uh, like the amount of times that the these gorgeous women are shown to get with not only like like assholes average. but average looking guys oh and god. just total like it totally just... not worth it like, oh my god it's so fresh yeah yeah and yeah it doesn't it doesn't, doesn't make, make sense. sense it doesn't make sense oh my gosh yeah no. it's so annoying and like i don't know and also just like kind of becoming more aware of it mm. um recently just makes me feel really weird because i'm just like oh my god like the world is not what i thought it was you know and yeah. it's just like I don't know. It's like spooky. Yeah, you know? it's like if the world isn't what you thought it was, what exactly is it? It's like predatory is what it is. <laughs> like it's not good. Uh, um, yeah. And it's like sad. Mm. It's a sad realization. But again, something that I'm interested in writing about. Yeah. So at least that oh, yeah. will make it more interesting, I guess. But mm-hmm. yeah, super interesting stuff. And I mean, I don't know. I do feel bad for like, in a sense, like this generation of guys Mm -hmm. because i'm like you know it is we are i think in a period where like overcorrecting is definitely like the way that we're going and i think that needs to happen because of like all of the past and stuff but i do kind of feel bad because i feel like in a sense like 
Guys get the short straw in some ways. They are getting the short end of the stick, like, specifically in this, like, time. Well, I, so... Sort of. Yeah. um, But then it's also, like, is it really too much to ask? Bless you. Well, I think the, I think the overcorrection is fine. I think that just the one thing I wish, and is that, um, is that with the overcorrection, maybe the, the onus could fall more on women to initiate. I think that is kind of mm. the, the solution to even things out. Yeah. One, because of the imbalance that we were talking about before, like women are way less likely to get rejected. So it just makes yeah. way more sense for them to initiate. Yeah. And also the chance that a woman makes a man uncomfortable when she initiates is so minuscule. Yeah. And so I think that's why it's that why it's sense. hard and why I think a lot of this stuff probably like one of the reasons why this stuff keeps happening um despite all the attention that is brought onto the horrificness of men is is that like men still feel like they need to be the ones to make the moves and push and like show that they are putting in work to be able to get with girls yeah that actually that's very fair and i think like it is true that in all of these like situations like women the expected role of women is to be sort of passive and yeah. honestly like coy yes so that they're like oh you don't know like whether they're into it or yes. not and then the guy is like just supposed to pursue and that's supposed to be romantic yes. but i think you're right in that like that is the kind of like the stereotypical thing especially like in heterosexual relationships obviously yeah. and i think that yeah i think it's very true that it would be like better if it could change because it's it's pretty comp like i think it is hard to feel out that situation like i'm not gonna lie like that's definitely like yeah for people who aren't overconfident assholes and who actually do care about not making people that last part yeah you just said that everyone should feel yeah it's fine yeah i just accidentally hit the space bar no it's okay um Um, but yeah okay i think that is that's a fair like request i would say oh, it would be so nice yeah it would be so nice yeah i guess i'll spread the word i'll spread yeah. the word to the <laughs> to the girls <laughs> get the boots on the ground yeah. start knocking on like, doors <laughs> um be like at women make the first move <laughs> no uh, i mean okay. it's interesting though because like i think that is something that it's like rare like i don't know and i think that's another thing that you see in like media where like sometimes it's like the friend will be like oh yeah make the first move like guys love that and then it's like okay like really though like i don't know <laughs> so I, yeah like, well guys love that but i also but yeah i think it won't happen because now women kind of are more in the position like in in certain ways i i keep getting worried about my wording here but in yeah. in ways in terms of like being pursued like that does put women in a position of power and i think that they will most of the time like that and like yeah. if they have that then even though it creates more problems yeah it's like preferable yeah 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 no i think you're right but Whatever. you know maybe like <laughs> we'll see yeah maybe we'll some see. people we'll see no, but I think that's a fair, like, ask, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I think we're at a good stopping point. Yeah, I think we are. Wonderful. Right, cool. <laughs> um, I don't have a set sign-off, so bye. You don't? Oh, my God. Okay. No. 